snap, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Good morning and welcome to episode 99 of the Living Split Screen Morning Show. Hey, if you're new here because you've been checking out our shorts, which I've been doing actually pretty well throughout the week. I've been trying to get up a few a day or a couple a day at least uh, just to try to get some more people in. And man, the like and dislike ratio that people have on there when they don't want to see certain things um, on their timeline. Again, it is what it is when it comes to the shorts. We're new to it. So hopefully the shorts are coming across smooth. But if you have been somebody that's been rocking and rolling with us, especially as for you audio listeners out there. I want to say once again, welcome to Living Split Screen. I am one of your hosts, Steel Rain. That's I, Steel Rain, I, the T is a seven everywhere. And we got a lot of interesting things to get into today. Apparently, guys, uh, PlayStation 1, uh, the entire console generation, uh, the sales of four to one. Uh, there is no competition. Activision Blizzard is going to go through smoothly because... Um, PlayStation 1. I mean, there's nothing else that Xbox could possibly do. Um, this deal's going to go through, and then they're going to close, and then they're going to sell everything to either PlayStation, Amazon, or Google. Um, and maybe Google will boot up, you know, maybe it'll be Stadia Xbox or something. Who knows? Um, but that's what I've been hearing. So we're going to get into a lot of interesting conversation about that. For our live uh, viewers, you do have some Breath of the Wild gameplay to get into today. Um from my personal gameplay, this is my first time playing through this game, right? Um, traditionally, I do enjoy Zelda as one of Nintendo's IPs, right? Um, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are the ones that I always go back to and reference. And I can be real with you and tell you Breath of the Wild um, is definitely giving me a, a lot of those feelings. Um, the gameplay that you're going to see today is going to be me struggle busting because I didn't mind showing that as gameplay. Um, and I know a lot of people are kind of picky. Oh, why would I show me losing or struggling? Because that's just the reality of your of gaming sometimes. You don't always figure out everything that's going on. Sometimes it's just about the adventure. Sometimes, especially from somebody like myself, who's a Souls player, you slam your head against the wall a few times and try to figure things out. And maybe you give up and something pulls you back and you try again. Uh, but that's what it's about, man. Just being able to experience the world, which I have been. And uh, yeah, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting and a fun time, but we'll get into that in a moment because I have to introduce one of the most uncanny gentlemen, uh, not only in these YouTube streets, but also on the Twitter streets and just a, a personal friend to myself and also a brother from another, my guy, the, you know, he's not Cyclops. He is the yeah. X-Man. That's true. Brother, Pong, so how you feeling today, man? I'm doing great, Steel, because I'm on time, which is a better start than last week, right? <laughs> so when I slept through my alarm, still feeling like uh, kind of crap uh, because of my allergies. I've been fighting that headache off all week, trying to not get a migraine. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Twitter has been ultra interesting, um, frustrating uh, at this point. Uh, again, uh, kind of talked about it behind the scenes, and maybe we'll get into it a little bit, but... Uh, you know, the doom and gloom out here uh, is over the top at this point now. I can stand a little bit of it. I can understand people upset and frustrated. I totally get it. Questions are fair. Criticism is fair. Uh, you don't like where your favorite platform is going as a consumer? Hey, speak up about it. Uh, but uh, because one word from Grub, um, or yeah, a couple words from Grub, Grub. Everybody in a tizzy, right? Then everybody off the deep end. And of course, the circus takes full advantage uh, to get their numbers pumped up on all their shows because that's all they are as actors. Um, and they really don't care. 
Um, they're here for an ego boost. Uh, so they use it, but then that gets the other side riled up. And then, uh, you know, some people swing pretty heavy in the emotions. So uh, frustrating to see. I've got a lot of people muted. So when it starts hitting my feed on the regular without me going and hunting for it, that's when I know it's crossed over, right? So um, I saw that a lot yesterday. And uh, like I said, we'll probably get into it. But gaming-wise, gaming-wise, my God, some good stuff out here. First of all, first of all, it's coming back, folks. Hail Lilith. We got the news this week. We're getting another beta for Diablo 4. Steel don't care. So Steel's out. Steel's set for June 6th. He don't give a shit. June 1st. For all of us addicts. For all of us addicts. I need you to get my date right. June 1st. June 1st. That's right. He's pre-ordered, so he's going to get June 1st. Right, June 1st. For all of us addicts who can't get enough and who enjoy it so much, we couldn't wait to get back to Sanctuary. We got the Diablo 4 news this week, so that was awesome. But I've been playing Ghostwire Tokyo still. Uh, Steel nice. have an absolute awesome time with Ghostwire Tokyo again. Keep talking about it, so you got to be having a good I do. time with it. I do. Uh, I keep putting out Twitter uh, posts about it and all that kind of stuff because I am a gamer, folks. I don't just podcast, and I'm not just here to talk about it. Uh, I actually do. No game. way. Ghostwire Tokyo is absolutely fantastic. Don't care what Digital Foundry says about two, three frames. Um, I'm having zero issues in high frame rate quality. Uh, outside of a couple little minute drops that I saw, again, playing with VRR. So it does help, obviously. But the game itself is a blast. So uh, shout out to Tango Gameworks again, having a fun time with that. And then we hopped into Minecraft Legends. Because Minecraft Legends dropped this week, folks. RTS Lite in the Minecraft universe. It's got all the charm of Minecraft. It is an RTS. RTS, but it's a, like I said, a light version of an RTS. It's not a full-fledged RTS, but it does have depth to it. Uh, there is some strategy to it. There's some things that they do need to fix. One of them was the multiplayer. Um, if four of us want to team up against another team, it wouldn't let us do that. It would split us up two and two mm-hmm. and then search for randoms. Uh, we didn't want that. We wound up playing two on two at one point because we got, you know, we tried every which way to force it. Right. Uh, did not work. So they, but they came out and uh, talked about that already. There's some small quality of life stuff that they need to add to it as an RTS. Uh, buildings don't show outside of, they don't have a bar that shows you the damage they're taking. So you don't know how close you are to destroying buildings and that kind of stuff. Um, you can see it physically starting to break, but you don't know how much longer it's going to take your mob to break it down. Um, so just little things like that. Otherwise, the game, we had a blast. I had a blast trying out all the new weapons, opening up new stuff. Um, you know, there is, like I said, strategy involved to it. Um, we, you know, Jasper was building our base for the most part while we were out gathering and attacking um, and making sure that we were getting the materials needed and all that kind of stuff. And then he would do the upgrades so then we could build better things out in the field as well. So there is teamwork necessary and strategy involved in this game. Um, but uh, overall, great, great, totally different genre for Minecraft, just like uh, Dungeons was, right? Expanding out that universe, maybe introducing some people to RTS type games for the first time. Uh, it's got all the Minecraft charm. I started playing the campaign by myself a little bit. Um, and the campaign's got a great little story to it, uh, typical of Minecraft, um, but pretty fun. And so, uh, yeah, great game. So if you haven't tried Minecraft uh, 
Warcraft Legends yet, even if you're not an RTS fan. Uh, PTK Blam is not an RTS fan, and he uh, fan, and he downloaded and said he was having a blast with it as well. Nice. It's something to try. Again, Game Pass. It's beautiful. No risk. No yeah. reward. Uh, and it's not going anywhere. Microsoft isn't going to close it down, and uh, they're not going to you know sell off the shop and call it a day. So uh, Game Pass is here to stay. That's the great part about these games dropping in there is we get to try them out. And we get to play them this way and find out if they're for us or not. Right. Um, so, yeah, Steel. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else uh, major I played this week. I, I jumped into a bunch of smaller stuff, too, because I pick up a couple of smaller, like, small, small games. I got, okay. I got uh, yeah, I got Brother in Arms, uh, Hell's Highway. Nice. 360 days uh, back for $2.99 on sale. Uh, I picked that up. I picked up um, some pirate game. Uh, Open Seas, I think it is. A little indie title pirate game. That's been out for a while now um, that I, I wound up getting for four bucks or something stupid. Okay. Uh, so I've been trying those. Otherwise, I'm just getting ready for uh, uh, Age, uh, Age of Wonders 4, uh, May 2nd, and uh, getting ready for that. I got that, download, I got that pre-downloaded, or pre-ordered, I should say, and getting ready for the pre-download. Uh, I've been watching people play mm. Dead Island 2, which looks like Dead Island, except, man, that yeah, ramped it up. skin deformation and that, the, bro, dismemberment looks insane. And I can't wait to jump into that game at some point. Like I said, I'll be jumping into it down the line. Uh, definitely pick it up on the sale. Jasper said he's almost done with it already, he thinks. Uh, so it is a shorter game, shorter campaign game. Mm. Um, but it looks fantastic. Uh, and then I've also been retweeting people playing uh, Horizon, uh, Forbidden, or Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores. Uh, DLC. Yeah, which, there's some controversy with that listen, too. Listen, that's yeah, and fuck that shit. God damn, people are so stupid. Anyways, yep. Um, <laughs> all I got to say is being current gen only PS5, game was already beautiful being cross gen. Now that it's only PS5, you can tell a difference, at least from the clips that I'm seeing. And again, clips are what they are, they're right. compressed, but you can tell the difference. This game is gorgeous. The Decima engine is ridiculous. In the right hands, the Decima mm-hmm. engine is one of the best engines in the world. It is beautiful. It's gorgeous. I've been blown away. Again, I'm an old school Horizon Zero Dawn fan. So, therefore, when I see this, I like Aloy. I like the world. I see this, and I'm like, damn, man. Yeah. <laughs> I am missing out on this uh, because this looks gorgeous, man. Uh, so, um, but, yeah, that's been my week, Steel. That's been my week. Nice. Well, that's super dope. Uh, definitely sounds like you've been into quite a few things, as you always seem to be. Yeah. Um, again, that's kind of the era that we live in currently within gaming. Um, as you call it, the golden age. I call it the age of accessibility. We have more access to more games than we have had in uh, previous years. Uh, so there's always something for us to jump into. And, um, just a, moment. and just as an example, again, I mean, with me going back and playing Breath of the Wild, um, whether that's because of Tears, what we saw from Tears of the Kingdom, which I'm not going to play that game day one, not not doing it at 30. Um, so there's that. <laughs> Your wife um, is, though. Well, yeah, my wife, my wife is definitely going to do that. She's already uh, made sure we pre-ordered. So there's that. Um, although, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, right? Um so that's going to be a big hit for for a lot of people this year. Uh, for for me again, um, off the heels of Breath of the Wild two, and just my gaming kind of habits this week. I, I'm, I've been in a few things again. Breath of the Wild being one. Um, also started with doing some PS3 emulation a little bit. Um, and that's with uh Dynasty Warriors Gundam three. It's a game that I've wanted to play for some quite some time. Um, it wasn't available before. Um. 
as far as being able to play. Uh, it had a lot more hoops that it needed to go through as far as emulation um, goes, especially for the PS3 emulator, which is kind of sad when you think about it, um, especially being so far removed from that generation now. But nonetheless, cell processors. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're still figuring <laughs> it out. Um, but I was having a really good time with it, man. And surprisingly, for even the time that it released, it gave the game came out in like 2010, and it was pretty. It's a pretty freaking solid looking game. I was really enjoying that. Um, so, and I I also played that live on stream too. Um, again, I just wanted to give people some representation of a game that I was playing. Again, I went into the story of uh, the whole reason I got a PlayStation Four and my kind of liking the Gundam and and whatnot um so that was really cool to get into so i definitely might do another stream of that at some point down the line but now that's in the rotation um but that's really been the, ma- the main parts um i've touched call of duty off and on i've been in destiny off and on doing pvp um just you know enjoying enjoying some things um when i can um getting some runs in when i can uh i'll tell you the one thing that did interest me this week um before we get into our upcoming games um Pong thumbs downed it, so I, I'm guessing that that means it's that he's not excited for it uh, or not entertained by it at all. Uh, and what that was the Heartland gameplay that we got from The Division this week. And I actually thought it was all right. Like, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was, um, again, to take The Division and focus more so on the outskirts. Uh, the only thing I don't like is, you know, of course, the survival mechanics or whichever. Um, drink, oh, you got to make sure you drink some water. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a huge deal. Um, but it seems like a more streamlined version of the division. Uh, again, it is a PVP VE based game mode. Uh, so the main thing for the division for me is I just want them to balance out their PVP and for it to make sense. Um, if they did that, the game has so much potential to be such a great game. Um, and get a lot of attention, get a lot of people pulled in. Again, I'm not saying it's going to be ever be like a Fortnite or anything like that, but as far as that third person, uh, shooter that we've been looking for since Gears is kind of on hiatus. Had didn't also has like a particular audience. The Division 2's own PvP, uh, Dark Zone or whatnot has its own audience, and then you got to grind for hours and hours on end uh, just to even be able to compete to get a certain gear set and whatnot, which can be kind of lame depending on who you are and how much um, time that you have because that's what it's always going to come down to. Uh, for what I saw from Heartland, um, it seemed like it was going to be something that could possibly respect our time as a gamer, but we'll see. Um, I need to see some more from it. Um, I went ahead and applied for the beta. Um, I've also wanted to get into the X Defiant beta because I've been hearing some decent things about that, but I applied and for whatever reason, they won't allow me into the beta. So it is what it is. I'll just take it, take it up with a grain of salt. Um, I guess I'll play it whenever it releases. Um, full releases or unless I'm able to get a code or something like that in the meantime, between time. Uh, but I tried to do it myself. I did it through Cycles link um, that we had. And I had somebody else send me a link too. And it it said, oh, you're registered already. You got to wait. And I still haven't received anything. So it is what it is. Um, nonetheless, I'm not too too hurt by it. Got games to play. Got things to do. Got time separate, uh, in so many different directions. So um, it's all good for me. But that's been my week kind of thus far. Um, Let's on, see. On Division of Heartland Steel, the reason why I thumbed it down, because we had this discussion the other night, right? Yeah. 
and they had division day for who anybody didn't know. Uh, a lot of companies did stuff on 420. Uh, shocking <laughs> enough. Of course. Uh, of course. Uh, obviously, the big one was Diablo. Uh, but uh, they did do division day. They came out with a brand new roadmap for division two. They showed off Heartland gameplay. Steel. It, it's division two, man. It, it, that's all it is. And I, they've missed their boat with it, man. They, they should be, this should have been an expansion for division two is what it should have been. Um, they should have continued making this world while they worked on division three. They should be announcing division three already. They should have had that announced. Um, but here we are waiting for a free to play heartland game, which is going into closed beta. They said later this year, we're not going to see Heartland until next year, man. How many games are going to be coming out between now and then? Again, I love the Division. Hundreds of hours in both. Hundreds of hours in both. Went back to Division 2 after the current-gen patch, which changed the game dramatically. We had a blast for months in Division 2. But Heartland, it's just an expansion. It's all it is. Now they're going to make it free-to-play and monetize the hell out of it, which is fine. I don't have an issue with that. I like those types of games, but it doesn't look any different, Steel. It doesn't feel any different from what they're showing off. They no, because it's, the, it's still going to be the division regardless. Right, but I want Division 3. Oh, no. Nah. We're, still, we're still owed, Steel. We're still owed Division 1 trailer division. We're still owed that game that they showed us off in that trailer with all those physics. We're still owed all of that. Well, that's not going to happen. They don't take, they don't, they don't take it uh, seriously right. enough. Right, that's what I'm saying. But that's Ubisoft's problem. Because the division is the game that they exactly want. Except they're not taking the time and effort with it. Because they're off chasing pots of gold everywhere else. Except for the game that's right in front of them. Because they took their best team in Massive. Off of division. And moved them over to Star Wars and Avatar. Chasing licensed money. And again, I'm not saying that either one of those games aren't going to be good. We've heard the problems with Avatar. We have no idea about Star Wars. And I do have a lot of faith that Massive's going to pull off a great Star Wars game, but it's still Ubisoft. And right now, as one of my favorite publishers, still to this day, I don't know if I have confidence that Ubisoft management isn't going to screw up that Star Wars game too. But they should have Massive working on Division 3. Absolutely. Current gen only. Give us, come out, and all you got to say is, listen, folks, We've learned a lot from Division 1 and Division 2. We've had our ups and downs. We are now working on Division 3. You remember that original trailer we showed you for the Division that had you all hyped? Yes, now that the tech is where it is on consoles and on PC, we're going to deliver that and more. Can't wait to show you. I mean, they could have did that in Division 2, though. They couldn't have. They could have. I mean, if you wanted it out of Division 1, you could have did it in 2. No, they couldn't have. Some of that stuff they couldn't have. Well, I'm just saying they've learned. They're supposed to learn your lessons, Steel. You're supposed to learn your lessons. You're supposed to take what you learn from Division One, Division Two. Steel, they destroyed the Division Two fan base multiple times, Ooh. and yet the fan base still came back. They destroyed the Division right? One fan base. I mean, right? They did, but I'm saying they've come back. But now you've learned your lessons, supposedly, and now you're going to start hyping Division Two seasons again. What? You missed your boat. We need Division 3. 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe and maybe Heartland is that is that in between because right now I don't even think that them releasing a Division Three or them going full steam ahead towards a Division Three is going to end up being um, any kind of a success. I mean, again, um, this is kind of like my problem with Bungie still. Still, also, um, they're a little bit more refined. Is that as far as the live service elements go, you still uh, they're lost, right? Um, now. The division is definitely quite a bit more lost in the sauce than uh, a game like Destiny is. But the reason that I say that is because you have to do something to get to keep people invested, and obviously they're not doing enough to keep people interested. Um, yeah, there's still going, there's there's still fan base there, and there's still people who enjoy it, and there's still people who um would love to play that game and put again any game that you could put hundreds and hundreds of hours into. Again, I don't I don't regret regret the time that I spent with it, and if they evolve it, they evolve it. If they don't, they don't. I do think it's unfortunate that they've taken the Tom Clancy name, um, especially with the division, and not double down on something or try to tailor. Um, they're especially their PVP side of things because that's what's going to keep people coming back and make it either one more accessible or two. Um, when I say make it more accessible, it's not just oh, uh, the game needs to be easier or anything like that, it's more so just balancing out whether it be the armor, the guns, the gameplay itself, so that people don't have to feel like oh, I have to go grind um, a hundred hours to go get this gear set so I can be competitive. It just it doesn't really add on to the experience at, at all. It kind of makes it turn into a, especially if you're only in it for that aspect of it, which a lot of people in the long run, because people don't have time to grind for those gear sets, a lot of people just want to get in, run some matches, have a good time, get some kills or whatever, and then be about their day, go spend time with the family, whatever the case that they do. Um, and I think that's the main thing that the division is still struggling with and doesn't know how to hit the nail on the head, especially with the changes that they made to the dark zone. Um, and now you kind of see what they're going with this, where it was just like, I mean, this could have been, this is the dark zone, but you're making it more open and not so focused on the single player loot grind. It's more so, Hey, you're making it balanced by putting everybody in the same situation which is, I do agree with you, Pong, on that, that you could have added that as a DLC and said, that, hey, this is part of Division 2. It's an additional experience. You already have a chopper that takes you to different places. What would have been the difference in this case of you doing the exact same thing, right? Um, exactly. Good charge, you know, I know you're trying to do free-to-play, but you could charge 20 bones for it and said, hey, this is this is our new experience. This is the way that we're trying to go, and then kind of go from um, Esau Vandal says, how does Destiny balance their PvP? Um, Destiny's PvP is balanced by, there's a lot that goes into it, but they balance, everything has like a baseline, right? Um, and of course, there's our weapons that are a little bit definitely stronger and more noticeable uh, than others, but there's is never- it, Is it at its core steel? Is it rock, paper, scissors still? Between the classes? What do you mean? Like one class, the counter the counter aspect, rock paper scissors, right? So the way that it's one power been, counters out another power. The way that it's been, um, yeah, especially with Destiny Two. No, it's 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 it hasn't been like that in a really long okay. time. Um, okay. it's more so. Hey, if you have 
for example, arc, you go against somebody that is also arc, you're probably going to do more damage to them, right? So same type of damage, that's more damage to that type. Um, Just like you would imagine. Um, It's not rock, paper, scissors. It is a lot more balanced in that aspect. It's a lot more deeper than that. It's a lot more skill-based now, um, for sure. But yeah, I wouldn't say right. It's not rock, paper, scissors in in any way, shape, or form. Okay. It's all okay. about you can outmaneuver folks, you can outplay people. Um yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's like rock, paper, scissors, because that's literally that's more so putting it like at a crab shoot, like oh it just depends on what you throw out. You may or may not beat that person. Um, no, nah, it's 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 not like Okay. Okay. At least at least in my my experience. Somebody else might feel differently, but I don't from everything that I've seen, the time that I've spent in it, and again, I got fifteen hundred. I, so I have fifteen hundred hours yeah. of Destiny, Destiny Two. Um, well, I have about. I probably have about three thousand hours combined between D One and D Two. Um, so it's just an aspect of it. I I don't think it's been like that for quite some time. But cool. yeah, man. So um, it is what it is. I mean, X Defiant also has that chance to kind of re- reinvigorate the franchise. People saying that it's uh could be possibly a Call of Duty killer. Who knows um we'll we'll see if it ends up being that oh, it ain't gonna be that everybody uh <laughs> you know it's always great when people make those statements and say yeah it's gonna kill this game hey again call of duty's in a rough patch right now a lot of people are complaining but when games are popular an alternative don't. if it becomes an alternative it's a success yeah 1000 percent. If, right. if it gets any form of traction right. uh above call of duty or along the same lines it's it's a success and look we'll see if it ends up being that uh, let's see. So, Paul, are you ready to get into these upcoming games? I am, sir, in a second here, because my phone is being all wacky. I've restarted it like three times here, but yeah, I'll have it here in a second here. Right, all uh, good. Shout out to folks in the chat. Isad Vandal, he says, I hit level 40. I'm going to try the Dark Zone. Vandal, the one thing that I'll tell you about the Dark Zone, man, is you're going to run into people who have a build, and they're going to they're gonna fucking melt you. And it's not... That's literally an experience that's not enjoyable. It doesn't feel like there's any balance there. It just feels like people who don't do anything but play this are running through and just taking advantage of folks. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel great to play in the dark zone. Not like in comparison to did in D. Um, Division One. Uh, Tim the Sorcerer was popping. Blue Moon FC. Nix, what's going on? Jacob and Novik, how you feeling? Appreciate you being here. Fahim is in here getting it in. Uh, let's see who else we got. Talos Ray, how you feeling, man? Hopefully you're doing all right. Sappho, I appreciate you being here, being involved in a conversation. Uh, let's see who else. Spooky, how you feeling, brother? Hopefully everything's well with you. Six Slayer. How you going, baby? How you, everything's all right with you, hopefully. General Spartan. Hey, thanks for coming through, man. M. Gene, Tony Grasso. What's going on? Uh, who else we got in here lined up? Uh, I believe I shouted out Nick's already. Scrolling, I'm scrolling on through, trying to see if I missed anybody. We had Wandering Dutch in here again. Definitely tune in to CIS at 12 o'clock. Uh, we're going to start streamlining some things here in our conversation so we can try to definitely meet that deadline. Um, see how things go. Psycho was in here. Blackguard Day was rocking out. 
Uh, Jesse Darby. What's going on, man? Stanley Francois stopped by. Pando Masshole. What's going on? Stanley Francois. I had to, got to say that name twice. It sounds so nice. Nighturnal. What's going on? Uh, he says he's looking forward to the Dutch show. We will also be part of that, so hopefully you guys enjoy our little intro that we've done. Again, try to put our, uh, put our little flavor in, a little, in everything that we do, so hopefully you guys enjoy that. Uh, D. James says, yeah, Bills got overcomplicated for me. It was hard for me to get it after leaving the game. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just about respecting time, right? And sure, we can have, I mean, me, Pong, Mav, we all jumped into it and spent probably another close to 100 hours in the game when they put out that update we probably got you know at least 20 more people to jump back into the game um that had their doubts about it and we you know even ran with them so we're selling the hell out of that yeah we were definitely selling the hell out of it and the fact that the game doesn't necessarily respect your time in that aspect and all forms of the gameplay is the unfortunate part Uh, i just wish they would do better maybe take it a little bit more serious uh, but I don't know. I'm not a game dev. I don't know what it takes to make those types of games, but I do think that they have a prime opportunity to really make something happen, and they're not taking advantage. Or somebody doesn't have the correct creative vision to make it happen. And uh, again, I'm seeing a lot of those things in Heartland, but again, it's kind of hard to have faith. That's why I want to see the beta, see what it's feeling like, see how they balance things out, um, to see what kind of direction they're trying to go in now. Because obviously... It's going to be pulling away from Division 2. We'll see. Um, are you ready, Pong? I am, sir. I'm going to have to do it off the... I'm going to have to do it off here, but that's fine. Uh, if my sound goes bad, I'll just fight through it. Um, all right. Let's go. Uh, everybody, we got this upcoming game of weeks. It is going to be April the 24th. Coming on up. And uh, we got a we got a couple interesting ones this week. Couple, we do couple, a couple. Uh, so let's start with April the twenty fifth. We've got After Image coming to PlayStation Five, Xbox Series consoles, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, mm. and PC. Um, so get a look at After Image. Really? Yeah. Um, and then um, let me see here. What else we got? We got Strayed Lights. Uh, that's right. Strayed Lights is coming out uh, for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC also on April the 25th. Then we got Desta, the memories between coming to Switch and PC on April the 26th. Um, and then we've got Bramble the Mountain King. If you're on Twitter. You've probably seen this advertised because I've seen this a lot in my feed. Now I do follow... Uh, the developer. It's an indie title. This game looks very, very interesting. You are a shrunk down person in kind of, well, from the videos that they've shown. Now, I don't know how many different environments there are. But you're a shrunk down person um, and it's 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 a platformer adventure style game, but it's got this unique perspective because you're shrunk down. So you're, you know, it's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You're in this swampy area and there's one scene in there and the way they do the camera work the way that they do the focus uh of the camera makes it really really cool and there's this one scene where you're jumping across lily pads on this uh, swampy pond and you wind up getting in the water well while you're jumping across the lily pads all of a sudden the swamp witch 
comes up out of the water and starts following you and starts taking down the lily pads. And it's kind of a rush to get across the lily pads. And then you get to this point where you jump in the water and you kind of start going through this mud and this swamp witch is crawling up behind you. And of course she's giant because you're a little person. Right. Uh, it is very cool looking. Go check out Bramble the Mountain King. It's supposed to be kind of an adventure narrative game. Um, you know, again, a lot of platforming by the looks of it. Um, but the, that's the one I've been seeing. That's the video I've been seeing pop up the most on my feed. And it looks amazing. So uh, check out Bramble the Mountain King. That's April the 27th. PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Um, then we got Kazuna AI. Touch the beat. Ooh, touch the beat. Oh, it's PlayStation 4, Switch, PlayStation VR, PC, April 27th. Then we've got Lego Brick Tales coming to iOS and Android. So for you mobile gamers out there getting some Lego action, Brick Tales, April the 27th. And then we got Live Alive uh, on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PC coming April 27th. Of course, that was a Switch-only game. Uh, that was previously released. Looks amazing. Uh, another Square game I wish was coming to Xbox, but it's not. So Live Alive, Live Alive is coming to PlayStation and uh, PC April 27th. So go check that out. Omega Strikers coming to Switch on April the 27th. Hmm. Then we get another Game Pass game. Um, we get actually, uh, I think, a couple of them uh, coming up here. So... April 27th, we get the last case of Benedict's Fox. Uh, again, a Metroidvania uh, platformer. Personally, Metroidvanias don't, I love them because I love the look of them, but right. they don't, I don't play through them because I get frustrated. And again, I just don't do platforming anymore. But I'm going to certainly download the last case of Benedict Fox. I'm certainly going to play through uh, for a little bit at least. Uh, maybe this one will change my mind. Maybe this one will be the one that hits. Uh, but this looks absolutely gorgeous. People have been hyped for this game ever since we saw it last year. Uh, so last case of Benedict Fox showing up for Xbox Series consoles, Xbox One and PC. Yes, this is an Xbox console exclusive. Uh, dropping into Game Pass day one, April yeah. 27th. Be on the lookout for it this week. And then, Steel, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, which I believe... It's coming to wrong, console. Steel, it's coming to console, but it's also coming to Game Pass, isn't it? Um, I don't. I don't think so. Oh, um, no, I, they didn't show that in the announcement. No, I don't think so. Um, I, I thought believe, this was going to be a part of that deal. No, the because the base game is right. Um, yeah, the base yeah. game is in Game Pass, so I am not anticipating, and I have not heard. And again, so. people in the chat, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but from everything that I have seen. No, this isn't coming. This will not be in Game Pass. Um, this will be a twenty to thirty dollar DLC that you'll have to buy. Yep. Um, but it does basically catch every most people up to where they are currently. Um, outside of like the most recent update that I think they have on uh Switch and D, if I'm not mistaken. Um, could be wrong on that. Um, but I believe that's what's going on. I haven't been back to Monster Hunter Rise since I play, started playing. Um, fuck, it's been a minute since I started since I played that game. Also, uh, the one from EA. Um, oh, um, 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 yeah, Wild Hearts. Excuse me, <laughs> Wild Hearts. Yeah, um, just I get so 
dumbfounded by that because it doesn't have like a monster name in it. It's not again, you get to you get used to certain games being called certain things. But yeah. Um, since I started playing Wild Hearts, I haven't been back to Monster Hunter Rise, and I probably won't be back to Monster Hunter Rise because I did enjoy playing Wild Hearts more. Um, right. Wild Hearts has dropped additional content more D and some additional DLC for free, um, and they kind of covered that some of that stuff this week too. So, um, and I and I'm I haven't been back to that again. I'm on a kick right now. I might even go back. I might even go play Zone of Enders after I finish these other two games because I never played it. I never played Zone uh, of Enders. Um, and I think it's the second, I think it's the home mission Mars or whatever, uh, yeah. the most recent one. Um, I never played it, so I wanted to, I wanted to give it a shot. Um, it was like five bucks on Steam, so I was like, all right, let me, uh, let me, let me, let me get, let me jump into that. Because that, yeah. actually, that game, still selling for $30. Yeah. If you go get it from like, uh, like an official yeah. site or some shit like that, $30 yeah. game. The other yeah. thing, too, I was mentioning Dynasty Warriors Gundam 3. That game on eBay right now is selling for two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, yeah. Rare game, yep, rare game, bro. That is fucking insane. Rare again. The retro market is out of control. It's inflated, right? It's fucking oh, crazy it right it now. It is. Yeah, ever but since the pandemic, the retro market has blown up. Uh, like no. I said, I sold most of my retro stuff too early by year. Um, but yeah, no, it's crazy now. It's what some of the games are going for. So. Uh, but yeah, uh, so Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak yep. is coming for those who are yep. in that Monster April Hunter 20. Rise uh, yep. gameplay loop right now. Sunbreak is going to catch you up for the most part outside of uh, the most recent DLC. that. They right. And then we're going to end the week still with the big one, which Ooh, could be up for game of the year. A lot of people waiting on this. We kind of touched on it last weekend a little bit. Uh, again, I'm not going to be buying it day one. Uh, I'm all in on Age of Wonders 4 coming out uh, next week. Or the following week, I should say. Um, so this one got sacrificed. For, actually, I probably would have picked up Dead Island, too, before I picked up this. Um, I'm going to wait on this. I'll probably play it once it drops into EA, um, the vault, EA Play. Um, but Star Wars Jedi Survivor, again, probably potentially up for Game of the Year. Uh, every time they show it off, the people that are excited for day one on this, which is millions of people, uh, say it looks better and better, and I got to agree. There's a lot to it that I do like what I'm seeing. It looks like they've expanded upon Cal's uh, abilities. Uh, they're going to definitely, I think it's five years. Yeah, it's um, five years in the future. After Fallen Order, all right? Well, so yeah. so Cal is definitely going to be coming into his uh, Jedi powers more and more and more, and it looks like he's definitely been working on his lightsaber uh, as well, because man, is he pulling off some cool moves, but, uh, it's gonna be a big one steal. It's gonna be one of the biggest sellers of the year. If it all falls right, of course, it's Vince Zampella. It's respawn in Vince. We trust over at EA. Uh, yeah. so Jedi, uh, Jedi, uh, excuse me, sorry, star Wars, Jedi survivor, PlayStation five, Xbox series and PC, April the 28th. Anybody out there that's been interested in this game probably has a pre-order or it's on the list, ready to rock and roll. Uh, later this week so enjoy it i can't wait to see the game clips i can't wait to see the screenshots i know it's going to be a beautiful looking game it already looks oh i'll have some gameplay posted it is what it is um oh, i was going to hold playing? off on it um but i don't have to i also don't have to purchase the full game yeah. um because i get it part of my ea play pro oh, that's right i forgot you membership EA play. um i forgot about that too uh because i was thinking about it i was like ah, i, I kind of want to wait so i can get some more custom characters in there uh, right. Maybe get it modded up and whatnot. Uh, yeah. But um, the, the other thing too is that 
because I didn't play the uh, I didn't play the first game to full completion. I don't mind right. mentioning that. Um, something came along. I got to the point to right after uh, I got my dual lightsabers. Um, right before you fight the the dude with a shirt off, struck dude, whatever. Um, I got there right before that, and I actually looked it up to see where where I was at because I was like, damn. I, so I was I was about to jump back in and start completely over. I was like, ah, oh, you know, let me jump back in, get a little, throw some miles in there. I just have a good time. But I was I I pretty much completed the game to ninety percent. Um, right. I right. didn't fully complete the game, which is unfortunate. Um, but I did see what ended up happening, and for whatever reason, I I never had the feeling to want to go back. Uh, but from what I am seeing from Jedi, uh from Jedi survivor, it does have me more interested, right? Um, from what they've done with the combat and whatnot, it does seem to be a little bit more enticing. The only thing though, and this is probably something that's going to carry over as a complaint for me from the first game. Where's the aerial combat? Like, why do we have a Jedi game with no, with either very minimal aerial combat or none at all? Um, there's no uppercuts or anything like it's just like it's in a second game i would expect for you to want to add on to your combat mechanics and really take advantage of your force powers like why wouldn't you for, force push yourself off the ground hit the guy in the air do a little combo and i'm again it doesn't have to be devil may cry ish where i'm going crazy and i'm just oh you're up in the air for forever but it's just those mix-ups that i like to see in more combat focused games like a star wars right um, take full advantage and breath over the different combat styles that they got um, because that's the other side of Star Wars too is that there's and they're kind of going into it in here or oh, you have different stances why does one of my stances not have a an uppercut or something like I just it's so it's so weird how they're how they're treating that again it's a personal gripe for me we'll see if Cal pulls me in a little bit more this time um, that's the other thing that was a negative for me it just Something about Cal is really dry to me. Um, mm. He's not. We talked about it last week, though. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week too. He's not Star Killer to me, and I, I'm not saying that he has to be it again. And I'm, I'm not saying that he doesn't have a place within the story. Um, I like the actor himself, but for whatever reason in this game, I don't have a connection to him. And again, you can say, oh, well, he's fucking Star Wars and maybe because he's a white dude and maybe that's what it's like. No, I don't think that's what it is. Because I had some connection to Starkiller and he was a fucking badass. And he had some, like, he had some fucking fire-ass combos and force abilities. Again, that memory of pulling that fucking starship out of the sky, and two, that, that, I'm, I'll, I'll, remember, I'll forever remember that. It was an amazing feeling. Um, I had an ex- though, you don't get those experiences very often in games anymore where they really make that impact. I don't really remember anything being like that from the original game. So it is what it is. But not to say that this game is not going to be uh, leagues better. And from everything that we've seen, I've, I just sent some vids in the background to Pong. Um, from one of the guys that I follow that was, uh, he actually ended up playing it early. And he was saying it's it's essentially the first game, but with a lot of, uh, with a good amount of things added on to make the experience. Right. <laughs> Is what you want. Which is supposed to be, which is what you want in your second game. Yep, yep, yep. Don't don't break it. Don't break it. Yeah, if it if it ain't broke, uh, you know, nope. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Add on. Tweak to the it. stuff like the map and that kind of stuff. I haven't heard anybody talk about the map yet. Tweak the map. Tweak the stuff that people had complaints about, but just make everything more. And that's what you want out of a sequel. So uh, get Nick's 
again, from what I've seen, different people are displaying the combat. There is no aerial combat. It's all, it's the same way that it was in the first game. Of course, you could like jump in the air and do like down swipes or whatever. Uh, but other than that, there's not like that extra variance in there. Everything is, is very Souls-like still um, in that aspect. Um, they did change up the traversal, right? So you're not doing as much backtracking. Um, apparently, the map is a little better than what it was before. Okay. Not much. Okay. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's not, okay. except okay. you can like traverse more, right? You can like fast travel, there's more fast travel points sure. and whatnot to yeah, get yeah, to. Yeah. So I guess they've eliminated the need to really adjust the map more for right. that. So I guess we'll see how it plays out. It comes out next week. You guys will probably end up getting some gameplay here. Um, I might even play it live uh, on stream for you guys if cool. you want to. If you want to see that, um, it's, uh, I'll, I'll leave that up to you guys. Let me know in the comments below. Uh, but other than that, it is what it is. Seems like it's going to be exciting. I still don't. I don't know. We'll see. I don't think Star Wars, uh, this Jedi series, has been as popular as people have tried to make it seem. Unfortunately. Um, and I say that because for a Star Wars franchise, you would expect for them to sell bajillion copies. Um, this is not mm. the reality of of the game per se. It's um, not the style of the game. It's it, it, it's yeah. It's difficult still. It no, it is. No, game. it no. It's that's and and but that's what I'm like. That's what I'm hinting yeah. at. Yeah. And I don't know because people are like, oh man, this game's gonna be the greatest game ever again. And it's like, well, guys, if you played the first game, there was already a bunch of people who said it was too Souls-like for them. And yeah. this second game is literally another iteration of that. But but it, it it's done well for it that. is done. Be- it is better. It is it is done. It, it's it's Agreed. what ten to fifteen million copies now. So yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely a success. But yes, for a Star Wars game, when you think of Star Wars and you think of the accessibility factor, and you think of how many kids love to yeah. play Star Wars games, uh, this is not one of those games that breaches all of those. I mean, because again, it is a tough game. It's it's definitely a. It's not your typical Star Wars game. It does have difficulty options, too, though. It does. So and I, you can and yeah, adjust and whatever else. You can adjust, else, but. but you still have to parry. You still have to. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. They want you to use your abilities. It's not <laughs> yeah, It's yeah. Like, It's not. not like playing Force Unleashed, right? Uh, where oh, you just a little bit more simplistic. I mean, yeah, it yeah. could be complicated and harder difficulties. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can attest to that. I got gameplay of it. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Hopefully, it does better than its first game. It's got a lot of hype. It's got a lot of hype. So 100%. it's going to be big. It's going to be big. A lot more customization for Cal too, so that's that's always good yeah. for me. I could give him a beard, and um, I don't, I don't know why people are like obsessed with mullets all of a sudden again. Like, why why was that a hair choice in here? Uh, oh, let's put a mullet. You know what Star Wars needs? You know what Cal needs? Listen, a mullet. Had, listen, the Jedi walked around with rat tails. So I mean, that's fair. Uh, so give him so a mullet. Is. <laughs> it's nothing wrong with having a little mullet action. It is what it is. It comes and goes uh just like everything else so but uh again seeing seeing the rat tails um in the prequels uh was enough for me any any hairstyle goes at this point yeah yeah yeah, for sure at this point (laughs) it was just weird they they put that on stream like he looks awkward as hell i mean it just looks weird but hey again if 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 you're if you rock in the mullet let me know in uh in the comments below if that's how what your cows want to look like but nonetheless did i that is correct, sir. Where are we where are we hopping into, Steel? What are we, we going to hit here, man? 
Um, I don't know, man. What you you wanna you wanna get into the to to the end of Xbox, the end of times, the end of days, to the uh the beginning of PlayStation's dominance through the entire gaming industry. Yeah, we certainly selling can. consoles four to one. How literally no game that Xbox could ever release could be in the comparison to what Sony has right now. Yeah, like Pong. Look at what Sony has. Can you really compare? What What do they have? They look. They got Horizon Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. They have an unreleased Spider Man Two. We just know. That Don't game care. is going to be the greatest be, game you've ever played. It's be big because it's Spider-Man. No, yeah. Pong, it's going to be the greatest game you've ever played. Nah. Um, no, not look, me, Pong, this, the first game, it. the first game didn't get you, but the second game, it's going to make you buy a console, Pong. Um, nah. They also got, what else they got? They got God of War Ragnarok. Okay, another good game, but okay. So again, Pong, you're, trying I mean, to me, you're trying to tell me that every single gamer plays the exact same game still and only appreciates those games. I mean, people who want good quality games. Oh, really? You, don't really you want like quality? quality don't you want quality, Pong? Look, so so what you so what you you're gonna say that Hi-Fi Rush is quality, Pong? Is that what well, you're going to quali- tell? It me? was a quality game, but another game that did whatever for me, whatever. But but, but quality, absolutely. But look, Pong, you got all quality. these people. Overhyping Hi-Fi Rush because Xbox is dead. The only reason people are excited for Hi-Fi Rush right now is because yeah. Xbox has nothing to play. Right. That's why you're excited. It's no. not because the Shadow Drop. It's not because this team came out of nowhere. It's not because a Tango game works. It's not because the game is actually a decent game overall. It is because you literally have nothing else to play. You have Game yeah, Pass. You just got a bunch of fodder over there. And you're I'd just rather play thirsty. a twenty-year-old game steal in Age of Empires Two Definitive Edition. I mean, Paul. I mean, to be fair in that statement, I mean, I'm I'm playing <laughs> Breath of the Wild right now. Right, I'm right. playing Dynasty Warriors Gundam Three, which came out in 2010. Thirteen-year-old um, game. Um, I'm also about to play Zone of Enders, which is yeah, yeah. also yeah. how old of a game. Oh, that's that's coming up on ten plus years as well. And are are, are we considered casuals per se? Oh, sir, no, oh, sir, oh, no, oh, sir. Oh, oh man, so I'm, I'm, I, but we can't be possibly real gamers because out of war isn't necessarily our thing per se. Hmm. Horizon, look. Between the three times that I tried to play that game, Pong has a little bit more of an affinity for it than I have had, unfortunately. Although, I have openly admitted that that game is literally right up my alley. You got Dinobots, you got the combat is all right, but something about it, again, something about the game, uh, the game design in, in the game doesn't keep me interested. Sure. Unfortunately. And it's a game that I started three times, and between those three times, I have ten hours of gameplay. There's plenty of PlayStation fans who didn't find Horizon. Yeah, but no, but see, Pong, but, but, look. So, hey, look. That doesn't matter. Those gamers aren't real gamers because if if you're a real gamer, you would have beaten Ragnarok by now. You would have beaten Horizon both games by now. You wouldn't care that all oh, the DLC is limited to you beating the game. And theme says, so are we hating on Sony's games now? 
No. No, Fahim. Not at all. Hey, huh. If you were here for the beginning, Fahim, you heard me say Decima engine in the right hands is one of the best engines in the world. It is. It's beautiful. I've been retweeting everybody's uh, Burning Shores DLC uh, highlights because it's gorgeous. It's what absolutely I, phenomenal. What, what we're doing, Fahim, is I am bringing up some points for our, for our conversation for us to kind of go over, right? Yeah. Um, because, again, this is not the first time that we've heard these things. It's not going to be the last time that we hear these things. But as they come up in conversation, again, um, and people are like, oh, why you got to compare? And, oh, apples to lemons. Because Look, that's what other people do. Literally, the only two competitors right now directly with each other is and Xbox high and PlayStation. And high performance console. Uh, and, and also, <laughs> from what the government wants to see, um, the people who are trying to oversee things. Sony. That was Sony's decision uh, yeah, yeah that, that, that was on Sony. we got to give them that yeah that was on Sony. um but in the high console market whatever that high is performing. um there's only playstation and xbox so you have to compare those games to each other. and as me and pong has always have always stated gaming is always going to be um beauty is always going to be in the eye of the beholder and me nor pong which is why we have a uh, non-console eccentric platform um are going to talk about things subjectively, not only from our standpoint, but we're, what we're also going to do is take that RTS approach, pull ourselves yeah. out of the world, look at the darker crevices in the map, pull our resources together so we can build our foundation, not only for our conversation that we're going to have, but also uh, to try to reach those 3 billion gamers that Phil always talks about, because obviously we have to move gaming forward. And my point in bringing up those different things that have been said is that, we can all we can sit, literally sit here and go back and forth about the quality of games and what's quality to you, um, and then people try to justify that with oh look at the statistics, the numbers, the data, the facts, all these other things, and say oh well it's proven that games like God of War are better for the gamer. Oh, it's proven that games like Horizon, games like Death Stranding, games like Metal Gear, games like for example, those are beneficial to the overall game. Those games are trying are moving the industry forward. Although the DLC for Horizon just let go of their previous. Anyway, yeah. um, that's that's neither here or there. Um, so for that conversation, you have to pull yourself back from it a little bit. And at least for me, as someone who cares more, cares about more than just what my personal opinion is on specific things that I like and can kind of open up the topic and say, all right, well, let's look at things subjectively. I don't get why the conversation always goes back to, well, Xbox isn't putting out games like PlayStation. Oh, you look at PlayStation, you see quality games. Oh, but you look at Xbox, you got a Hi-Fi Rush. Um, what I don't get is how is that a negative? How is Hi-Fi Rush not looking like God of War a negative? So now there's just not different styles of games being made? Okay. So if it's not that style of game, Okay, that's one mark. So what else does, do they offer that's not that style of game? 
Oh, well, they, you can't play your third parties over here. Oh, everybody likes Xbox, but all they're doing is playing third-party games over there and playing their Game Pass games that don't have any quality games in there. And uh, actually, what I wanted to do, because I sent Pong this list, uh, shout out to Everborn Saga, putting it together, because this, uh, this is kind of a list that I've been working on in the background, too, but he posted it out there, which is it's just perfect timing. Again, gaming is art should be treated as such. So shout out to my brother, Everborn Saga. But just to make a point here, for 2023 because i'm also been somebody last year for an example who said that hey i don't completely agree with oh because of the first party lack that xbox failed again when you have 40 plus games that came in the game pass that people have had access to i think that's a win but i can understand that first parties do matter right but just to bring up this point so January, we got Hi-Fi Rush, which is first party. February, we got Atomic Heart, which is in Game Pass. And that game is is, is extremely successful, matter, matter of fact. Um, whether, whether that's because of Game Pass or not, who knows? I'd imagine it would be because there was some controversy behind what was going on over there. Um, and also with that game up front because it had some performance issue. But the game is doing well. Um, then in March, we got Wolong. In April, we're getting Ghostwire and Minecraft, which are right, wait, first Wait, wait, party. wait, Steel, I already got to stop here. I love okay, Everborn. Well, but yeah. again, he's doing that thing again where people dismiss Age of Empires 2 Definitive That's Edition. true. It, it, he, he did put that in there. He was like, he did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, but we can't do that nonsense because it's a part of the diversity that true. you get on Xbox that you don't get over on PlayStation. And that came out in March also, right? That came out in January. It came out in January. Okay, damn. Started off the year, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition, which scored an 88 Metacritic. You can call it a 20-year-old yes. game. Yes. It does not matter. It's still got an 88. The work an old they ass put game. into it. The work they put into it, and they're dropping DLC in May for it, Steve. Oh, they're still being supported. It's still you can being say it's supported. a 20-year-old game, but it it's being supported. Quality. Right? Anyway, sorry. I have to do that. Because but no, no, it's RTS perfect because I want you to throw that in there because I, as a, I'm not an RTS player anymore, right. so I'm not thinking right. about those games as frequently, which is why right. I enjoy having you here because you do give yeah. that, um, those additionals in there, right? You're going to yeah. make sure that those get mentioned. So, yeah. yes, you have to add Age of in, uh, Empires in there. So, again, already we've gotten one, two, three, four, five, six games that Pong has mentioned now um, that are of value. And whether that's value to you or not, um, that's completely subjective. I don't know how you can compare those games to say, oh, well, those aren't God of War. Well, those are not what you subjectively like to play. That sounds like a personal problem. But then see, but then that conversation goes into, well, no, it's it's the masses. The masses see this and they don't like, they. it's obvious they don't like to play these games. They're not buying them. Do you, do you see any of these games that you mentioned on the NPD charts? Oh, but based off stats and data, um, are these games successful? Um, Pong, I mean, talk to me, man. Like, what, what, is going, what is going on overall within this conversation? Uh, like... It's a stupid little community conversation, Steele. And again, we're the one percent, we're less than one percent of the total gamers out there, right? It's just that we're so close to it because we're the enthusiasts, because right, right, we're right. the ones that are daily reading news articles, we're following all this stuff. So yeah, of course we have a different perspective than the masses do. Of course we understand this. But Steele, you and I were here when people were doom and glooming PlayStation, when Jim yeah. himself came out and said we can't survive without Call of Duty. We called it out 
BS that it is. And here we are now back a couple weeks later, PlayStation outselling console-wise, outselling in some territories 4-1, to 3-1, to 2-1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, this is exactly what we said when the doom and gloom was out there and people were like, oh, Sony's dead. No, Sony ain't dead, okay? PlayStation ain't going anywhere. Xbox isn't going anywhere, okay? Neither one of these two scenarios is going to happen. They both offer different types of experiences for a wide variety of gamers. PlayStation has been solely focused on one style of game, which has been hugely successful for them. No question about it. Your Spider-Man, your God of Wars, to the casual gamer out there, can be very, very enticing and look awesome and look amazing and bring that type of experience that you won't find right now, currently speaking, on Xbox's side. But Xbox has a bigger overall diversity than Sony does as far as experiences go. And when we went through the list last night, reading down the games that we know are in development right now by 20-plus studios over on Xbox's side, you can see that. You don't find a Grounded or a Sea of Thieves over on Sony's side right now. We know they're working on a bunch of games as a service. But, we know that they're trying to expand. But, Pong, people yeah. told me it only takes about four to five years to make a game. Yeah, Why no, aren't these games released yet, Pong? No, that's wrong, and we went through that again last night. Because, Steel, because a lot of the studios that Xbox picked up are growing organically. Because Xbox is expanding them. We just heard no the Tango Game War. Tango Game Works. Hi-Fi Rush sucked, right? According to... No, no. Of course, I'm being dramatic here. Yeah, Hi-Fi Rush didn't hit the numbers it needed, according to Grub, and everybody ran with that, right? 97 on Meta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, meta who? But. but then we can't, We also got the word yesterday that Tango Game Works is now expanding. Oh, That they're wow. hiring more people. Wow. Right? So, so something's got to be going right over there, right? This is the back and forth nonsense that we talk about all the time steel it's it's one day this is great the next day this is horrible one day this is horrible next day this is great it's going to happen and it's going to happen on xbox's side because it's frustration it's a lot of hey just wait longer we got 30 frames with Redfall thing and then we got grub grub coming out here making mention of something that he heard that took over right so again you're going to find, as a gamer, the experience that you want in different areas. That's why if you have the ability to own everything, it's great to freaking own everything, man. Because you will get the full Monty when it comes to games. You will get the breadth of gaming if you can own multiple systems. If you can't own multiple systems, if you are a budget gamer, if you're somebody that has to choose each generation, then you do have to look at the offerings from the first parties and say, which one do I want more? And if that's Sony's side of things, if that's that third person over the shoulder narrative, sad dad story, then great. You're going to get it in spades over there. That's fine. They're not going to stop making those games. They're trying to make games as a service right now. We just got the list of known games from Benji sales this week. And I think there was seven officially known, but we know that from Herman Holst and from Jim himself, that they're working on, 10 to 12 games as a service, and they're going to try to make shooters, right? They, they've just bought Firewalk Studio, which is ex-Bungie devs working on a AAA games as a service shooter-style game that they were going to publish, Sony was going to publish, well, they just made it official and bought Firewalk. We know that Haven is working on something. Jade Raymond and her team are working on a games as a service-style game 
for Sony as well. They put a ring on Haven right away and, and picked them up. So Sony's going to try to diversify their lineup. But Xbox already has diverse lineup. And yes, Sony has your Ratchet and Clanks, right? You do have some diversity in there. But we know what they're known for. And it's been successful. I'm not going to ever take that away. It's what a lot of people like to play. 10, 15, 20, sometimes 30 million people in in the case of Spider-Man love those style games. So more power to you, Sony. But Xbox already has a diverse lineup. Now they are missing that style of game, right? Hopefully Hellblade 2 kind of fills that hole a little bit. But overall, Seal, this this talk, it all comes down to personal preference and what you like. Me as a grazer, somebody who plays a wide breadth of games, somebody who does really like RTS and strategy games, I look at Xbox and I go, hey, look at all these games coming. I like this. This is great. I'm playing nonstop. If you're just a Sony first-person fan, well, of course you're going to choose PlayStation. Of course you're going to look over at Xbox and go, there's nothing over there. There's nothing for me over there. Yeah, if you're that type of player, I don't take anything from you. I don't say you're not a true gamer just because you like those style of games. Nah, you got to choose PlayStation at that point. A lot of nonsense here, Steel. A lot of bullshit. A lot of just back and forth mudslinging because that's what we do in this community, unfortunately. Um, you know, and then you got us in the middle, Steel, that try to bring some calm to the storm, that try to take that RTS view. Because when you pull back and you take that satellite view and you start looking at the gaming industry and you listen to Strauss Zelnick say 20 more years of growth and you understand that there's two to three billion people out there, not just console players, not capped at 150 million or so. But you got this huge audience and you understand where this industry is going and that at some point, if Xbox has their way, if Microsoft has their way, you're going to be able to play all your games wherever you want to, wherever you're at, at any given moment. That's the beauty of this industry and where it's headed right now. And so when you pull yourself back and you look at what both of them are doing, and yes, Sony has a lot that they need to shore up. They got a lot of infrastructure that they don't have built in like Microsoft and Xbox do to catch up to the digital age and where gaming's going. But do I believe they're dead in water? No. Do I believe Xbox is going to float up shop? Do I think Satya is going to pull off this ABK deal and then turn around and go, you know what, guys? Just ain't working because High Fry Rush didn't meet the, the needs. So we're going to sell off Xbox. No. No, of course not. That's not what's going to happen. Both of these companies are going to continue to produce. Both of them are, I still believe, I know King and others have said there's not going to be a PlayStation 6. I believe there's going to be a PlayStation 6. I believe there's going to be an Xbox Series 2, whatever they're going to call it, Double X, whatever they're going to do with it. They're going to both make new hardware coming next generation. And we're going to be benefits. We're going to benefit the most from this competition because Sony has to adapt or die. And they're adapting right now. And they're going to create new experiences for their customers. And Xbox feels the pressure because they're not selling the consoles the way they need to. And Xbox doesn't necessarily care about that. But it's still a metric, and it's still something that they do. It's a gateway, so they still do want to sell consoles. They still want to see Europe start buying more series consoles. They still want to see Japan buy more series consoles. So that's going to force them to continue to improve as well and continue to grow and expand. And we know acquisitions are going to continue still. 
So we're going to benefit as consumers. And at the end of the day, that's all I care about is me, me, myself, and I when it comes to consumers and the the games that I'm going to get and the games that I'm going to see and the choices that I'm going to have to go play those games in the golden age. So, Steel, nonsense is out there, man. It's a bunch of BS, bro. Nobody can tell you what type of gamer you are. Nobody can tell you that you're less than because you may not like God of War or Spider-Man or may not own a PlayStation. Mm. Make you less than gamer steel. This means you have a preference. That's all. Period. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think there's nothing wrong with having a preference. Um, and again, it comes back down to oh well, um, because the other side of that too is like when you start bringing up because people always go to well, Xbox hasn't released games. Oh, look at these games. You're still waiting on X games, right? And again, not considering when these games went into development. Uh, what type of games that they are, and the fact that game development it just takes longer. It's been proven. Um, and then when you bring up something Oops. like um, and then when you bring up something like a factions, or you bring up yeah. something like uh, where's Ghost of Tsushima two, or you bring up something like uh, where well where's the next Last of Us? It's it turns into now we're having a conversation about what abys- what about isms, and it's like n- no. I don't think that that's what that is. For me, it's more so it's fair for you to say, hey, where are these games? And for me to say, as someone who believes and knows in my personal opinion that PlayStation has not given me a reason to invest in their ecosystem once again, I don't have anything that that's right now currently makes me want to jump in just as much as people say, well, there's nothing that makes me want to jump into game pass. There's nothing that makes me want to jump into the Xbox ecosystem. And again, for, you know, cause the, what people are bark back is you'll be like, cause when you say, well, if they're not offering you anything then why did you invest in the console? Then why do you still have the console? I don't have something that I don't want Oh, because I, I just want to own everything. Sure. Sure. I'm, that's fair. Oh, well, you know, it's, it's for, fair for me to criticize that I'm not getting these style of games on, on. Yeah, that's fair. You can say that. But you also have to be honest in your bias and your opinion and say, look, I play more of these style of games. Xbox is not offering me these style of games. I again will ask you, then why do you still have the console and only wants to complain about what you do not have? Instead of praising what you do have or what you do enjoy. Because there has to be a reason if you own all the consoles that you bought all the consoles, right, Steel? There has to be. There has to be. Now, me, I'm different. Again, I grew up with not a lot, not a whole lot of money. Maybe I look at things differently. I don't keep things that I don't fucking use. Right. I don't. Right. My PlayStation 4, I bought the PlayStation 4 for Gundam Breaker 3. I beat that game, beat Spider-Man. Um, and that fortunately came out during the time where I had my PlayStation because I wouldn't have bought a PlayStation specifically to play Spider-Man. I sure. do, I did enjoy my experience, but it wasn't a reason for me to buy it. Right. Um, and then that console sat for almost two years without any use of out of it. Right. So what did I do? I got rid of it. Because if I'm already taking part of these certain ecosystems, 
between PC and now um, and also Xbox, which I've always been part of. I can also uh, admittedly say that my, a lot of my my game library is there, which is why I've stayed invested in the ecosystem. I can also say that, hey, I've been part of Windows since Windows 95. It's been part of my childhood. So I can also tell people that, hey, that's another reason why I may be slightly more jaded towards Microsoft than I may be another company. But I also grew up with PlayStations in my household. I also cherish those experiences that I've had on those systems. But I'm not somebody that's sitting here like, damn, Sony. Um, I mean, now I do all the time ask, hey, where's the multiplayer games at? Because it's a fair, it's a fair adjustment to ask. Or that's a fair criticism to ask. Hey, well, this is an avenue you guys tried to, you know, you played with a little bit. You had you released Last of Us. You had a multiplayer mode in that. You didn't continue to support it. Now you're putting all these resources behind a mode that the base for that game said they didn't enjoy like that but you're and you're taking now almost six years just to develop a multiplayer game of something that your base now may not even enjoy so what are we are we, is it all is it fair for us to have that conversation too or because oh well last of us because it's the other thing that, that i've seen too oh well last of us two and the multiplayer oh they're different things now oh well, you got to treat them differently it's not fair to to put them together and say that sure. i don't personally agree with that i think it should be put together because the game was shown was at all rights but before a year before the game released, six months actually before the game released is when they came out and said, "Oh, the multiplayer won't be there." My belief that should have been something that you should have made blatantly known up front. Hey, our next, our you know, we're focusing on this, and we're going to treat this separately. Now they say, "Oh well, um, it got bigger than we anticipated." Um, how much planning goes into development? And again, not saying that things change or whichever the case, but of course I do. Yeah. It's just wild to me that you also don't address the situation for what it is. Um, ignore the fact that factions has been constantly pushed off, that we haven't seen anything for that, for an example, for some time outside of a picture. Oh, well, here's a concept. Sony hasn't done a showcase deal. And they haven't done a showcase in what two years? September September ninth, twenty twenty one. So is it is is it it's fair for you to criticize Xbox and all their wrongdoings, but you can't criticize PlayStation's wrongdoing in your eyes because their games chart on NPD, a metric that your direct competitor doesn't even look at. Not at the same attention to detail as you look at it. They've made that blatantly known. Oh, we're we're looking at engagement now. Again, people said users. People Oh, and that's a good point, Paul. Yep. The monthly active users are still higher than the uh, on Xbox than they are on PlayStation. The consoles are selling four to one, and the monthly active users are higher on Xbox. So, I mean, you don't have to consider that, but that's been something that I've always brought up in conversation. You can sell, you can sell 200 million consoles, but if your monthly active users compared to Xbox, who maybe sells 50 million, let's say, and I'm being extreme, really extreme here. Um, 
and they still have more active engaged users than you do at 200 million what does that tell you right there's something off there it's not just about oh game games that are charting and hitting that top bar and all they're all visual masterpieces and then like there's so much more that involves that conversation that people don't want to talk about they just want to focus on oh well they're not doing this so it's unsuccessful oh um the games by rush didn't make it steal so game pass is unsustainable so it's just it's crazy how the conversation again as we call it and other people say too it's the goalpost move right um, and we can sit here and talk in circles all day, or we can actually address the situation for what it is, right? Yeah. Both sides have mishaps. Both sides have things that they need to work on. Uh, Nintendo even has things that it needs to work on. Everybody in the gaming industry has things that they need to address and work on because at the end of the day, they are fighting for our time. You have to give me a reason to invest. And just because, like, sure, selling more consoles is great, and that's going to give you those dollars in your pocket up front. But if you can't get a gamer like myself, and honestly, you don't have to care about me. You haven't. Um, and that's fine. But if you want to open it up the way that even Jim Ryan has stated, hey, our base players aren't enough. Even if you sell 150 million consoles like they did with PlayStation 4, 120, 130 plus million consoles, they still came out and told you at the end of their console generation, in the new console generation, that our player base is not enough. And what do you and and how, and how do we con, how do we have a conversation about that now moving? Right. What well, is kind of my perspective on it? It's 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 going to be the same steel. It's going to be the same forever because this is a popularity contest. Uh, because there's a select group of gamers who want to turn this into a class warfare system uh, within gaming itself. That uh, you know the premier experience is found in one place and one place only. And if you don't, um, you know, partake in that premiere experience, according to them and their opinion, uh, then you're, you know, you're a broke gamer. Then you are a, a, a subclass of gamer because you don't have a PS5, because you don't have a PSVR2, because of this, because of that. And again, there's knuckleheads on both sides. The doom and gloom this week on Xbox's side from some people in this community who called for Phil's head again. And again, these are Xbox fans. I know, uh, yes, the, the, the clowns in the circus you know, ride this all the time. But for those people that want to jump ship, again, I don't hold anything against you because I don't have any allegiance to one side or the other other than who's doing the best for me uh, as a gamer and who offers me the most for my buck. Uh, as a gamer so i don't care who the hell wins or who the hell loses what i care about is what you're offering me at the end of the day and right now xbox this generation is that one and like yeah. i said before sony to me is holding back the industry right now i i think they're they are not doing the work necessary to push the industry forward because they want to hold on to their old ways and I'm not about that. So that's a check. That's 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 a that's a check mark in the wrong side for Sony for me, uh, as a gamer who normally will own both consoles at one point, 
uh, or another during a generation. I'm not planning on buying a PlayStation 5 as much as I want to play Final Fantasy 16, as much as I would like to jump into Horizon and the DLC. Right now, with the way Sony's acting, I'm not on board with them. And I, I don't agree with their decisions. So therefore, that's a decision for me as a consumer I will make personally and say, I'm not interested in owning a PlayStation. But the point of fact is, is that this whole war, this whole doom and gloom situation from Xbox this week, the fire fill stuff, the, the, the you know, name, name a businessman you want to put in charge of Xbox. I don't get that. And I don't get that from any stretch of the imagination. Like I said, there's one name I could hear. Peter Moore is the only name I could hear coming back because he was a gamer, because he understood the gamer mindset, and because he was cutthroat when it came to business. And like I said, if I was Phil, I'd be much more cutthroat than Phil is. So that's the only name I can hear. But we had businessmen. We had Donnie D in charge, and we saw where that got us. What that winds up doing, it's a worse spot, because they look at the bottom line and make decisions based upon the bottom line. And as a gamer, I don't want that. I want your hi-fi rushes to come out. I want Obsidian to do passion projects like Grounded and like Pentiment. I want that diversity of lineup. I don't want to get to a situation where we become a Sony, where we look at one style, one genre of game and say, hey, first parties, go make this one style of game and we'll fill in the rest with third party. And then we become dependent upon third party to the point where the main man, Jim Ryan, is in front of the regulatory bodies going, we can't survive without Call of Duty. We can't survive. I don't want that, okay? I want these gaming companies to make as many different style games as possible. I don't want, I love Strauss Zellman. I think he's an intelligent dude. But I don't want a company that rides Grand Theft Auto Five for freaking over a decade because it's printing money and does not put out a Grand Theft Auto 6. I don't want that. I understand the business side of it, but that's what numbers guys do. They can be extremely profitable for the shareholders, but as gamers, they aren't always going to make the best decision for gamers. In fact, they'll probably make a lot of bad decisions. Jim Ryan shut down Japan Studios for Sony. One of the... One, one of the best Eastern style back in the PlayStation 3. I know they had turned into a support studio, which was another problem. But back during the PlayStation 3 era, they were making some of the best, weirdest, craziest Eastern style games. And they shut them down completely because Jim looked at the numbers and said, yeah, you just, you don't do anything for us. I don't want that. I'd rather have the Phil Spencers. I'd rather have the Sean Ladens. I'd rather have these guys who put creativity up there with profitability and say, no, we need to have creatives. We need to have small gains. We need to have this kind of stuff in place. There is nobody who could have convinced Satya outside of Phil Spencer. If you had a businessman in charge of Xbox, he would never have been able to go, in my belief, in front of Satya and convince Satya to change it, to, to give Xbox another chance, to open the war chest, to spend nearly $80 billion between ZeniMax and ABK to give this a go. I don't think there's anybody outside of Phil who could have convinced him at that time and that place. So don't forget where Xbox was in 2016, 2017. It was sinking. It really was. Go watch the documentary. Again, their own words, right? It was in a bad spot. Phil turned this around. 
And Phil's not going to last forever, folks. Satya's not going to be around forever. We got to hope and pray that the next pairing between Microsoft CEO and CEO of Microsoft Gaming are a quarter of the visionaries that Satya and Phil are. Because otherwise things could go bad real quick. Even though Xbox is now a pillar of Microsoft, it doesn't always have to be looked at that way. It's because Satya believes in the cloud side of things. And because Phil came up with a way to incorporate the ecosystem into that cloud, that this is working right now. But if we lose the visionaries, which is going to happen at some point, Satya and Phil are both going to be gone. If we get two normal people in there that don't see the future the same way in gaming that we do, that the industry does, that Phil and Satya do right now, then Microsoft is a trillion-dollar company. They can make different decisions. They can go in different directions. They don't have to stay down this path, which would be bad for us gamers. So again, I'm going to ride the Phil train for as long as possible. Again, questions can be asked about the leadership. There are things that can still be brought up to say, hey, is this the best way to handle and manage these studios hands-off? Are we seeing some issues? Those questions are fair. Well, then let me, let me ask you this question then, Paul. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't mean to interrupt like your thought no, process. No, 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 go ahead. Um, because there's a good, there's a good, yeah, there's a, a good point that's brought up, uh, that brought up in chat by Nick's. Sure. Um, and I'm only, the main reason I'm bringing oh, this up yeah. is uh, because this is a sentiment that's kind of shared across the board. That this yeah. probably isn't going to be something that you've heard for the first time. Um, but Nick says Spencer can't roll out high quality content that appeals to the masses. To the masses, it's that simple. Um, and then Fahim kind of adds on, "Hey, but Pong, when your QB is doing good, you don't sit him when he's doing good. Why be mad at Sony for doing what they do well?" Um, so I want to kind of get your standpoint on that. I mean, we are, of course, um, we're always going to say that what you determine as high quality content is going to be subjective. Because if we're going to talk about what's appealing to the masses, then you have to throw Roblox in that conversation. You have to throw Minecraft in that conversation. You have to throw Fortnite in that conversation. You have to throw Call of Duty in that conversation because these are the games that are appealing to the masses. Um, but, so I guess my, one of my additional add-ons to that is is high quality the bar of a God of War um, per se? Is that what people consider a high quality games? Is, is that what people are referring to, like what Nix is saying? Or do you, can you kind of agree that Spencer can't roll out high quality content that appeals to the masses? It's a part of the popularity of Sony PlayStation that you get a God of War that seemingly appeals to the masses, but at the end of the day... Oh, first party. First party, correct. Yeah, so you, you uh, the popularity of PlayStation pushes their first party brands further yes. than you normally would go, okay? And that's still only a percentage. Not 100% of PlayStation players pick up a God of War. When you talk about a Spider-Man, right that's a spider a spider-man is different we've had licensed ip games forever right in the gaming industry what sony did was happenstance gave well happenstance and skill 
I, I don't take anything away from decision making because there there's something behind it. They found the right studio yeah. at the right time to handle Spider Man. Also, Spider Man was making a resurgence with Tom Holland. Correct. Everything and was moving in the right direction. Everything kind of came together. And when you have a pop culture IP take off, that helps move numbers. There is no question about it, right? Spider Man is its own thing because of how popular Spider Man is overall worldwide as a pop culture icon. And then you make a great game by a great development studio. All of a sudden, that first party title is exponentially much, much better position than a lot of other ones. Now, again, overall, God of War, right? Your Horizons, we we haven't seen those hit mass. Yeah, God of War is well known. God of War was well established prior to them redoing it. Right, right, right. Again, shout out to Corey. People are aware of it. People are aware of it. But again, it's not played by 100% of PlayStation users. It's not, it's not that at all. Sea of Thieves have numbers that rival God of War in terms Our of total players. players, right? We don't think about that. The mass games are your Minecraft. That gets wrote off, though, right? When, yeah, when you start, of course. oh, well, it's different. We were talking about games yeah, no. sold versus yeah, people yeah, no. played, right? No, no. To me, it's gaming. It's playing, right? It's gamers played. That's what it is. So... While I do, Nix, agree that obviously Xbox, up to this point, due to a lack of studios, um, has missed. I would tell you that, you know, again, Phil had took over in one of the worst spots that you could ever be put in as a CEO. You have to consider that. Less than 50-50 chance that Xbox was going to survive when Phil was placed in his role. And he took that and and saved a sinking ship and not only saved it just to limp it along, but turned it in a completely new direction with Satya's backing and got Xbox a seat at the big boys table within Microsoft. I have to give him credit for that. And I have to give him some time to say, you can't just do a turn on a dime in a trillion dollar company. Phil came the closest that I've seen to doing that. And with all these acquisitions, Yes, it sucks to say we have to wait, but there are reasons behind most of them why we have not seen the output that we were expecting earlier. There are reasons, valid, intelligent discussions to have as to why we haven't seen it. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt until we see more from these studios, right? Until we see more. But Microsoft in its history has produced a mass appeal game in Halo. They have produced a mass appeal on the level of God of War in a Gears of War. Sure, mm-hmm. it was epic, but they took it to the next level. Yeah. Okay? So they have done it in their past. Phil Spencer specifically, again, see if these was underneath his watch. Grounded, we could say, is coming up. I mean, when you're coming from Halo, Gears, and Forza, Forza, mainly, right? right, right, um, right. So then, for, so then that changing... Um, in 2017, and this is another point that I would like for you to touch on because this is something else that, that's been brought up in conversation, um, is Game Pass started in 2017. And all, all this time, yeah. the, the conversation goes to what 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 have we gotten in that? Right. Um, I think we've gotten some solid games, right? Not everybody's yeah. going to look at it the same. No. Um, and I do, again, I'm, I am a Gears head, so I do think that Gears is the true... G-O-W if I'm going to pick one 
um right. as far especially as far as impact and everything else um for me personally um again not everybody's gonna look at it that the same way and that's perfectly fine but there's just games take time to make and you can't take a sinking ship as using your same analogy yeah. in a in a business uh, that was successful in the 360 generation, because again, no matter what, how you consider it, close, red ring of death, what, whichever aspect that you consider it, most people look at the 360 generation as a win for Microsoft. Most people, right. even normies, look at look as the 360 generation as something that was memorable and was a win for Xbox over PlayStation, right? To then go into the Xbox One, fall completely on your face to the point that, again, if you guys haven't watched the Power On documentary, I suggest that you do so. And you can also say, well, they can show you whatever they want behind the scenes and make it look a certain way. And But we can only go based off of what is shown to us because we're not in these. I wasn't part of Xbox's creation. I don't know what that takes, but I have listened to those people talk about that process, what it took, what uh, the thought process that they were kind of going through during that time to understand why the conversation of Phil needing to talk to Satya to get him to understand why they should continue in the gaming entertainment industry is impactful because if that did not happen i don't know if we would still have an xbox now whether that's good or not it's something completely different um and then you know make the point yes mff's up but guys it's been five years since the original initial round of acquisitions and to that, I have to say, Nick, I don't know when these games went into development. Nick, Nick, we can go through each one of those studios, and there's a there's a valid discussion to have about yeah, why we haven't seen it. Thousand percent. Some of those studios going from double A to triple A studios have been expanding during that entire time. Right. Pandemic hit, caused delays. Again, there's a multitude of reasons why we haven't seen they already had games in development they had games that they were just putting out multi-plat when xbox acquired them they did dlc for those games there was a ton of stuff in there that was happening for a lot of those acquisitions that we can actually have a discussion and kind of figure out timeline wise why it's taken this long now you got engine changeovers right from unreal to unreal five that has caused delays in, in things such as avowed right you had these decisions you can say well they shouldn't have done that then listen if you want to give the best quality product it makes sense to do that and yes it sucks and yes i've given the smoke that there was last year last year was unacceptable you can't if you've got problems in your studios or you've got things that you're growth phases within those studios where you know game development is going to take longer then you have to have something to plug into those holes while you wait for those studios to come up to speed otherwise you get a year like 2022 which is unacceptable right so again i hear you and i understand but again if you go back to those old acquisitions and you go through each one of those studios there is reasons why we have not seen anything as of yet but we are very close to that changing yeah, um, it's there's a lot that goes into the conversation, right? And one of my main points about the topic is that we can't have the conversation and pick and pick and piece together 
um, whatever we want, right? It's just, I feel like it's a little bit disingenuous, right? Not to consider everything. And I, I will always say it's fair to criticize, especially big companies, because at the end of the day, we're the consumer. You have to give me a reason to invest and want to be part of that ecosystem. And the reason I bring up monthly active users, for an example, is because that is a solid metric that you can use. And just because PlayStation may not be considering that number um, as one of their main metrics, Microsoft is. And when you look at the two and you say, well, you know, I've sold all these consoles, but I have only these many people who are continuously in my ecosystem, spending money, bringing other people in, whichever the case may be, it is still part of the conversation that you have to talk about, discuss, figure out what is going on. Why, when you get a Spider-Man, for an example, um, you sell 30 million copies for one of your biggest, and again, I'm not making it seem like it's a small thing because it's not. Most games don't even sell 15 million copies, let alone 10 million copies, right? Um, most games don't shit. Five million is a fucking five is a, million is a, a hump, success for most, right? For most, yeah. Five million is is a is the biggest hump for you to get over. But there's also something for you to consider as hey, you hold these games up to this standard, you have this many people part of your ecosystem, then why aren't other people wanting to play what you consider as the best thing to experience on the console. Obviously, it's not the only thing to experience on your console. Or other people would, or you would have 100 million people buying Spider-Man. Wouldn't that be better for the team in Insomniac to get more money in? Wouldn't that be better for Sony if they ended up getting that? Now, that's not the real reality of the situation, but it is something to consider. Even if you if you have 5 million more monthly active users, those are 5 million more potential people either investing in PlayStation Plus, either buying a Spider-Man, either buying a Horizon, either buying whatever game with this and in that ecosystem, which is why I bring that metric up. It has to be part of the conversation. You can't talk about, oh, console sold and not talk about your monthly active users. They go hand in hand with each other, which is something that I've always touched on as far as long as Xbox has been part of this, especially with the whole multiplayer thing, is that, hey, engagement, engagement matters. Why is the engagement higher on the Xbox side of things than it is on the PlayStation side of things? And it's because, to my knowledge and from what I've experienced in my life, and from what I've heard from other people, PlayStation has become more of a single player experience for most people. Easy for people to jump into those games, work in whatever type of people. Most people can jump into the PlayStation ecosystem because you're already familiar with it. It is something that you grew up with. PlayStation is a familiar brand. You have some reliability there. So it makes sense that the consumer would continue to invest in something that they've been using since the Walkman, since they've been using since the early TVs, they've been using since st early stereos. There are so many things that go into that. Um, Nick says, many PS users don't have PS Plus. The ecosystems are different, so the MAU comparisons don't make sense. So that, What do you say to that, Paul? What do I say to that? Yeah. I say that's Sony's problem. 
because that metric is becoming more and more important to people. That's why it's now measured. It's a key metric that companies are looking at. That's why it is something when you look at um, something like Minecraft, which is played by more players than all of Activision Blizzard, right? But Activision Blizzard, out of the main publishers, is the number one monthly active users publisher, yeah. right? Because again, the more time people spend in your ecosystem, this is a proven stat, the more likely they are to spend money in your ecosystem. And that's the digital age moving forward. That's the engagement age moving forward. That's why you hear Herman Hulse and Jim Ryan both come out and say, going forward, we are now going to start implementing multiplayer aspects to our first party games. Why? Because they understand the one and done, which is fine. The one and done is fine. You, if you sell 15, 20, 30 million copies, sure, you've made a profit. Sure, you've done well for yourself. But what happens after that? Where Then people are sitting around waiting for what's next. Give me what's next. If you have a multiplayer aspect, if you have a way to keep people engaged in your ecosystem, then that weight goes away and people are still there. They're still playing. They're still buying. They're still engaging with your games. That's what you want. And again, that's why Sony can't do day and date games is because they will have the problem with any subscription service, or I should say, they would have the problem that subscription services try to avoid, which is subscribe, right, binge, and then drop, and then wait for the next. Then subscribe for a month or two, drop, drop. You don't want that. You want the continuous subscription. That's why you see Microsoft doing what they're doing. Sony has to get to that point where their offerings are enough within their subscription service that people will stay subscribed continuously. But that's why you've seen a large portion of their player base not yet adopt that model because Sony doesn't have the offerings yet. And that's what they're working towards. That's why they have 10 to 12 games as a service in development. That's why you're going to see them throw a lot at the wall to try to get to that point where they can. And again, their future games, they talked about their single player, first party games, the ones that everybody has known, grown and loved. They've said they're going to start adding in that multiplayer aspect to them to get that engagement to continuously after we're done with the single player. It's not, okay, I'm done. Cool. Finished God of war. Now what I'm going to do? No, they're going to say, okay, I finished God of War single player campaign. freaking amazing. Now I'm going to hop into whatever the multiplayer experience is, or I'm going to do co-op, or I'm going to, you know, whatever the case they come up with, whatever ideas they come up with, that's what they want from their players going forward. And that's why you see the changeover happening right now. Um, and it's just going to get more and more prevalent because they understand that it is an important metric. And now that Microsoft is in the, per- in the, in the, um, purchasing is acquiring trying to um get abk abk being the number one monthly active users out of the big publishers you add that to microsoft's already you know higher monthly active user rate over sony you're talking about a dominating monthly active user rate right you're talking about a big giant one there was articles written this past week about it um, that Microsoft is going to be up there once they get ABK as the biggest monthly active user percentage out of anything. Um, so out of anyone, I should say. So again, it's just a changeover. And again, I don't take anything away from Sony. 
I've said that from the beginning. They did what they did and they succeeded. They watched Xbox stumble out the gate last generation and took advantage as you should, as any business should. They took advantage. They found their niche, right? They found that their first party studios could dominate making a certain style of game that they were all good at that style of game. And guess what? They pressed that advantage. Absolutely, that's what they should have done. But they didn't have the foresight to see where the industry was going. And they certainly did not, at least from the outside looking in, they didn't think Microsoft was going to open up the war chest. Microsoft Corp was going to open up the war chest. They didn't think that Xbox would ever get this type of backing. They weren't prepared for that day that Microsoft as a corporation said, no, gaming is huge to us. It's going to be a big part of us going forward. It's going to be a big part of our cloud gaming, our cloud infrastructure. We are pushing Xbox forward into the spotlight. And guess what? All that money behind us is now, uh, well, not all of it, but you know what I'm saying. There's a big portion of it is going to be invested into gaming. Sony don't think plan for that day. And so what they did was they rested and they said, we've got it figured out. We're number one worldwide. We have expanded our lead outside of the U.S. to unattainable numbers from Xbox. We can take the, the take the rest of it at our own pace. We can work. You know, we can think about going. You know, cloud and all this kind of stuff, streaming down the road. We can kind of take our time. We can invest in PSVR two, PSVR. We can do all this other stuff because we know Microsoft is never going to back Xbox like that. Phil changed that. Phil and Satya changed that. Yeah. Now, now Sony is scrambling to alter their business model, to change their ecosystem, to try to catch up. And that's why you see them trying to delay ABK deals and all this kind of stuff. They don't want to do it. They don't have the resources to do it on a dime. It's going to take them time, but they're working on it. They are. And I don't take anything away from Sony from what they did outside of not having the vision, outside of not preparing for the potential return of Microsoft to gaming the way that they have and to ignore diversity in their lineup, right? That's the part I don't like is when them, them, you know, killing off kill zone, killing, you know, all these IPs, motor storm, all these IPs that they could have continued to develop, but they didn't need, right. They didn't need to. And they had third party marketing deals and they had, they had exclusivity deals because they dominate. They relied too heavily on those, and that's where I say they screwed up. That's all. Yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, people bring up, hey, well, you can't, you don't talk about, you can't talk about Microsoft without talking about Xbox, um, without talking about PlayStation, whichever. And it, I mean, they go hand in hand with each other; they're direct competitors. And I, um, I personally dislike when people do that. Oh well, you're you're doing what about isms and this side doing this and this side. Both sides are being criticized. Like, and again, yeah. we've done that multiple on, a, on so many occasions where both sides can get criticized when we feel like they deserve criticism, right? Um, again, I can sit here and be critical all day about why I don't have a reason to invest in that ecosystem. It doesn't have, it doesn't have to do with money in my case. What it has to do with engagement. I don't see the point in owning something I'm not going to use. I'm not that person. If that is you, then great. You can let their uh, outside of my switch, which again, that still gets used also outside of certain things. It's like, why would I do that? Just to say that I have it? No, because 
oh, I'm going to own this system so that I can try to play these day, these games day one, although I know for a fact, which is part of the reason I don't like playing single-player games that often, or at least day one, is because the games always end up being better later. That's a whole... <laughs> That is the that's that is a scientific fact. It's not a hypothesis. It's not a oh a maybe. Over the last thirty years of my existence, it has been proven, especially within the last decade since DLC has been in existence, and more microtransactions have become part of our experience. It is a fact that single-player games end up being better later. Six months to a year to three years later. I can argue with you that Spider-Man is a better experience on PC now than I ever experienced originally in 2018. What year are we in right now? So I should wait, people should wait, five to six years for you to get a complete experience out of your game. Yeah, it depends how you look at it, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, again, bad. perspective and FOMO is a real thing. Yeah. But, to, but understand where I'm coming from. And for me, someone who didn't grow up with a ton of money, someone who had to make their choice on what games you're going to play, what, what is dumbfounding to me is that we ignore all of our gaming experience because we're in the here and now. You, you dismiss everything that you've been through so that you can have an argument right now. Again, to each their own, but because I understand who I am as a gamer, I do not like knowing that, oh, I'm, I'm going to get a better experience for this game later because I don't go back and play games. It is, it is super rare for me to go back and play a game that I've played already just because it's better now. Those games I played at 30 FPS back in the day, I'm not playing them in 60 now. That doesn't have enough of an, I played the game already. I enjoyed the experience that I got. I'm also not somebody that looks at it like, oh man, oh, I regret my experience. No. And for him, you're talking to my exact point. I don't, I'm not saying that the game wasn't great. It was. One of my, it's the best Spider-Man game that I played in 2018, and it's a, it's a great game even today. But it's fair for me to say, well, damn, Steel, you played the game 2018 with no DLC, beat it on the hardest difficulty, put almost 100 hours into the game, did everything, and fully enjoyed it. Well, damn, Steel, um, you know, six months later, they released two, three, four DLCs. Are you going to go back and play it? No, probably not. I'm struggling to try to play the DLC now because the DLC is fucking boring. Mm -hmm. So still on a game design level, it's still flawed. It's not a perfect game. But I can admit that. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, man, this isn't what I wanted it to be. 
shit. Older Spider-Man games have better add-on content than this one has, in my personal opinion. Yeah, the Black Cat shit is cool, but past that, it really didn't have as much depth as people tried to make it seem. And no, and it's like, still makes the point. Still, you're not an average gamer, so I respect your view. The average gamer is in the PlayStation ecosystem. And I just, I don't, I can't necessarily agree with that either. Because I agree in, on, half, on halfway, and then on the other half, it's, it's split. Because I could also say that the average gamer is on Nintendo. Look how many consoles they've sold on that old ass hardware that we say should be better than what it is. Mm-hmm. They're about to get a game of the year contender that is probably playing at sub 900p, even if running at 30 frames, Maybe. and it's going to be the greatest game that has ever come out this year. And that's acceptable. That's your average consumer. Right. Again, each ecosystem but, has part of the, the. Yeah, I mean, each ecosystem does. But the other thing too is that Nintendo and PlayStation have been around since the beginning, wow. so they're easy brands to recognize. Microsoft has been around, but in a different aspect, computers, right? And not everybody looks at that the same. So it's just brand recognition is a big part of it because sony when they jumped in sony's only been around for a generation extra um yeah i mean of course of which course. which is a fair point but sony was coming off of again at when they were launched the playstation they were still dominating electronics yeah, they yeah, were yeah. still again yeah. people don't number one weren't growing up during the 80s and 90s playstation was number you, one playstation was or sony was like apple when it came yeah, to electronics literally like, literally like literally if you weren't walking around with a walkman people were like what are you doing like if you had JVC or some yeah, or a pioneer, yeah, yeah, people yeah. were like, really, really? What are you walking around? Like, that's how it is. Like, quality. that's how it was back quality, then. Right, right. quality. That, that's how it was back then. So when Sony launched PlayStation, they had that brand recognition, like of, oh my God, I'm getting the best of the best. They had already established themselves as premium in electronics. Again, this was prior to their downfall in electronics. So PlayStation already kicked off. With, some, with extra boost, right? They already had that name. Whereas Microsoft, like you said, sure, household name, but this is when Microsoft was going through lawsuits. This is when Microsoft was, oh God, Windows, blah, blah. Like all of that, sure, everybody was still using it, but Microsoft didn't have that popularity. It wasn't cool to be like Microsoft. Like that wasn't the, you know, that wasn't the thing. Um, because they were in software, in PC. Like, it was like, okay, nerds, whatever. Right. That's exactly. how Microsoft was, you know, that's how Microsoft, and they tried to change, you know, their, they tried to change their appearance with the Xbox and become the cool box, but there was still a lot of that Microsoft, oh, God, why do I want Microsoft? Again, I, I didn't buy the original Xbox because it was like, why? I played it. I loved it when Morrowind came out, all that right. kind of stuff. But I still, when it first came out, I was like, why is Microsoft jumping into gaming? Like, well, what? We got PlayStation, man. Why do we need Microsoft in here? I just got, I've still got my Sega Dreamcast. Like, I was still a Sega guy, right? right so right, I was right. like, why do we need Xbox in here? So they were still fighting that uphill battle. So to your point, yes, you know, they started behind the eight ball, even if it's only a generation, right? And people always try to bring that up. Well, Microsoft was only a generation behind Sony. 
Yeah, but Sony had so much in the way of popularity going for them that that boosted them like hugely. So yeah, they've had that name brand recognition for a lot longer than Xbox has. And that does help them in a lot of ways. But again, all of this, all of this is is neither here nor there. We're yeah, here 100%. in twenty. We're you know we're here in twenty twenty three. It it it's you know Xbox is trying to do something completely different in an industry that has been well established one way for a very long time, and they're trying to change how we perceive gaming, how accessibility to gaming is handled. They're trying to change a lot, which we've seen them try to do before. Sony, Nintendo are still in the old way. Nintendo, again, as we always say, in their own pond. They Again, they'll be the last to ever change their ways. They're always behind the times. It is what it is. They have a fanatical fan base. Sony has developed quite a fanatical fan base. And again, worldwide, there is no question that Sony PlayStation dominates between Sony and Xbox. There is no question that yeah. that's why some of their IP is more popular is just because sheer numbers of people worldwide who recognize PlayStation as the place to play. That's going to happen. If it was flip-flopped, guarantee you, again, all you got to do is go back to the 360 era. When it was flip-flopped, Halo 3 was known worldwide as yes. the shooter you had to play. Yes, worldwide. Yeah, yeah, worldwide. Yeah. If you weren't playing Halo, you weren't playing Okay, that's the way it was, right? And that's a popularity thing. And so now we see it where Sony has dominated for two generations to the point where all of a sudden, or one generation, but you know you know what I'm saying. They dominated so heavy last generation, mm-hmm. took over Europe. Again, the Eastern has always been Nintendo and Sony. So it is what it is. We're seeing that again. That's why their IP is so well known. But to your point, Steele, about waiting on games and about the single-player experience and all that kind of stuff, you're not wrong, and that's a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. You just have to know who you are as a gamer. Right. And again, nobody exactly. can tell you anything different. If I had bought a PlayStation 5, if I had kept my PlayStation 5, right, because I, I had my digital, I sold right. it right away. If I had kept my PlayStation 5 and hadn't picked up an Xbox, the minute that ZeniMax deal went through, Steel. I would have been looking to get my Xbox. I would have been looking to move out of my PlayStation 5 and getting an Xbox. Because for me as a gamer, I would not miss out on Starfield. Right? I I would not. There is no way in hell. Because that's the gamer I am. Because I'm such a Bethesda fan. Right? And knowing that it wasn't coming to PlayStation 5, like, I would have probably been enjoying Horizon. Probably would have enjoyed maybe some little bit of Ratchet and Clank by now once it gone on sale. But I've been looking at my PlayStation 5 to your point, Steel, and been like, I'm not excited for Spider-Man 2, could care less. I'm a little excited for Wolverine. I want to play Final Fantasy 16 for sure. That's up on my list. Horizon Burning Shores looks fantastic. I probably would have bought that day one. But I would have been looking over going, no, I'm not going to miss out on Starfield. No, I'm not going to miss out on the Bethesda titles. No, I'm not going to miss out on all these games that are coming out from them. So I'm going to head over back to Xbox again. So that's where it is knowing who you are as a gamer and being real with yourself. And if you are that person who says, I only like PlayStation games, so be it. Fine, man. But you can't sit in, again, this class system that people are trying to create where, oh, you got to like PlayStation games. You got to like God of War to be a real game. Bullshit. No, you don't. Yeah, I don't There's so many don't. more experiences out there than just that. And that's where it comes off wrong in this community. But that's where the doom and gloom starts as well. 
So yeah. again, what a week. Um, you know, I can't wait until we get some more game releases. Can't wait till we get showcase week steel. Yeah, man. I, I'm ex- I'm excited, Brad. I want to see what other games are going to come out because that's the other side of the conversation too. I want to see what else Sony's going to put out. Um, I want to see more from Stellar Blade. I, I want to see more from uh, Final Fantasy. I want to see more from uh, Spider-Man 2. I want to see more from Xbox. Um, where is it, you know, War is Avowed. Is Avowed even going to be something that's interesting to me? Because I don't, like many people are, are hyped for that game, I don't see it. Um, I mean, ma- using magic and stuff is cool. I, I like the aesthetic and what they're going for. It's a cool concept, but it's not up my alley per se. Red Falls, that's already kind of went to the wayside a little bit for me. I'm not playing it day one, um, so that's unfortunate. Um, not until they get the 60 frames, and even because even though I have a PC, it's just the stance that I'm going to take on it. I have other games to play, um, I, and I've already was feeling a little bit iffy about it. And again, I mean, we'll see what happens day one. I, I don't think Red Falls is a game that's going to hit again, and I don't, I don't know why people were trying to make it seem like, oh, this is the game that we could compare to these other games of this quality, um, like a God of War, like a Horizon, and you can also say, well, why aren't you comparing those games to uh, Red Fall? You should be. This, I could say they're not the same type of games. I can also look at Red and look at Arcane as a studio and say, well as long as they do better than they have previously, I think that that's their goal, right? I don't think they've ever came out and said, oh, we're making a game that is different than anything you've ever experienced and it's gonna shake the world. And no, they just said, hey, here's Redfall. We got vampires, got some decent looking gameplay, it looks like, and you know, hey, it's Arcane. You know, and for the fans of that developer, like a Pong for an example, like, hey, man, well, you know, they don't show their games great, but it's probably going to be a decent game. And I can only go based off of what my friends are telling me. And if my friend is saying, yo, it might be a decent game, hey, it might be a decent game. But I'm, I wait. Again, it's going to be another game that I know will be better later because, again, this is perspective and how you ever want to take it. If they say that 30 FPS is a complete game to them, great. But you can't say that because I see people make this argument all the time. You can't say that. And then on the heels of that say, oh, well, you know, but 60 frames is coming later. That means the game isn't complete. Like you can't, we can't start changing the definition of what complete is. The game isn't complete. And that means, again, but that's also my perspective. You know, yes, because deadlines. if you consider a if you consider a complete game steal that you can play it from start to finish, then it's a complete game. Yeah, of course. And and there are some people that think that way. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's but, great. But to say that the developer never intended sixty frames, you can't say that because don't, obviously they would be patching it in. Well, you so, yeah, you wouldn't have said that. You would have just said, "Hey, right. Red Falls thirty F is thirty frames." That they obviously thought about. They just didn't have time to implement. Probably. Which is fine. It happens. Development, game development happens. Deadlines happen. We have to have deadlines. Like as much as people are like fighting back against crunch and stuff, there has to be some of that because at the end of the day, deadlines matter. If there's not ever going to be a deadline, then things are going to continue to get pushed back, and we're going to continue to get games that aren't necessarily fully complete day one. And again, but if you look at it as the as the feature complete, I should say, you're it's hundred percent correct. 
because again, if you want to look at it from the perspective, hey, I can start from start to finish and great. Hey, there's a lot of games that were completely broken that I could play start to finish that I didn't enjoy because it wasn't feature complete. Right. I mean, it happens. So uh, it's all about perspective. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we we only got about 40 more minutes, probably about 39 more minutes since we are cutting the show short. Um, We've definitely beat this topic out of the frame. And again, it's always going to be a topic that we end up having um, a conversation about. This is like three topics at once. It was, it was, it was. That's how you and I roll. We we did talk about quite a few things all within one space of uh, of that breath because it it does definitely branch out in many different ways. It's, right and, yeah. and i understand like i get that people don't like hey if you're gonna talk about one stick to that one don't bring in the other ah. but the benefit of being a non-console eccentric is that we could we could take it which it's eaves and flows we can kind of flow it's like water man i'm like bruce lee with this you got to move like <laughs> water man uh you got to be able to flow between different things and have a con because that's what conversation is right it's right. not just a, oh you let's talk about you're going to talk about what you talk about uh, I'm going to talk about what I talk about, and then we're going to argue why um, our my, why I'm my point is more important than your point. No, let's have a conversation about why both of our points equally matter to us, and then kind of go from there. And if we end up agreeing to disagree, I feel like we're at a better point than we would have been if we didn't have the conversation. Right? Again, in this form of entertainment, we as the consumer have the be- have the most impact compared to other forms of entertainment, which is why I always will say, there was also a question that went out this week. I forgot who posted it. Um, but there was a question that was posed this week. Hey, should gamers talk about business, right? The business side of things. And again, I can hear why we shouldn't, but to me personally, I think that everything is open for conversation. I don't have to be part of those boardroom meetings to be like, oh, well, I think it should it should go this way. No, it's a conversation. Like, I I care about gaming overall. If it interests you, talk about it. Right? I, Try I to be about intelligent about industry. it. But if, yeah, if it interests <laughs> you, talk about it. Again, that goes for anything. You could say that about sports. You could say that about politics. You could True. say that about religion. Listen, there's... Arm chairing is a part of the conversation. If you don't enjoy it, you don't enjoy it. I ain't going to tell you you have to enjoy arm chairing. I don't, none of that. But we do. We do enjoy arm chairing. We do like looking at every part of an industry. I don't like to just be focused all the time on just games. We talk a lot of games. We talk, we praise games. We start our whole show about talking about what we've been playing. Sometimes Steele and I go for 45 minutes talking about the games we've been playing and our experiences. We talk about that. I post it on Twitter, right? I post gameplay on Twitter, steal streams, right? We do talk about the games, but we enjoy the industry as a whole. And we enjoy armchairing. We enjoy sitting back from the outside, looking in going, if this was our company, what would we do? We always preface it by saying we don't run billion trillion dollar companies. We always laugh about it and say, yeah, this shit probably would never fly anywhere else. But the fact is we still have that interest level and it's a part of a conversation that we can have. If it's something that you don't enjoy, hey, I'm not going to tell you again, you have to enjoy it. I'm not going to tell you you have to listen to us. I'm not going to tell you that anytime. It's just a part of who we are that we like to talk about it and deep dive that stuff. That's all. Yeah, 1,000%. Yeah, it's our interest level. Um, just like the prices on PlayStation, uh, PlayStation games going up on Steam. Yeah. 
more but, more business more man. business nonsense man they're gonna do what they're gonna do right so again we know how this is gonna work with pc gamers overall so you know yeah you know steel um, you, you don't put out a good product and you start raising prices pirate flags are gonna come out it's gonna be one of those things people will play your game one way or the other so yeah i don't i don't think the the answer to the piracy is well, let's so let's let's uh make our game more less complete and still yeah. charge the same amount of money for it. Right, right, right. That's not I, gonna happen. I, I get it. Is what it is. Yep. Um, I do believe that we talked about Sega acquiring. Was that this week? That this, no, we talked about yeah. that last week. No. Oh, well, we, okay. we there were there was smoke out there last week when we brought ah, it up okay, that okay. they were going to, but Sega made it official week. that they're buying uh, Angry Birds uh, Rovio. Uh, yes, yes. So that's definitely um, that's definitely an interesting thing that's happening out there. Again, uh, there is a lot of smoke with the uh, relationship that Sega and Xbox have that things might start flowing that direction. Um, but who knows? That could be the next deal that's lined up. Um, but there is something definitely deeper going on behind the scenes. Again, for Sega to invest in uh, a Rovio, which is like outside of Angry Birds, we don't know much else from them. Now, Angry Birds is a big IP, and it has made a... Stupid amount of money. Um, so there could just be a mobile play happening there, and Sega Transmedia is trying to as well. Yeah, that's true, Transmedia for sure. They, they brought that up in their uh, uh, release that they were looking at it from a Transmedia IP, okay. uh, expanding out into you know because Angry Birds already had a movie. Um, obviously, Sega's done very well recently with their Sonic movies, so Sega's looking at the Transmedia as well as a, as an avenue for more revenue. So definitely a big thing. So it's definitely interesting to see that Sega is still. Um, interested to make these types of plays to try to keep themselves slightly relevant, right? This isn't going to be nothing that shakes up the industry or nothing crazy like that, but it does add on to their uh, their current offering. And it's going to be interesting to see how they use that, man. Um, I don't have any current expectation of where that can go. Uh, again, Angry Birds isn't what it was per se. Um, there probably still is a, a ton of people playing Angry Birds on their mobile phone and, and whatnot. Again, they're still churning in uh, quite a few hundreds of millions of dollars. So uh, obviously it's doing something. Ro- Rovio uh, made over $1 billion in revenue last year. Oh yeah. Um, and, I mean, only three, and only 3% of that was licensing. Oh. So again there are still people playing yeah so, i mean again that that's definitely more than enough of a reason for you to make that investment but it's like okay well second like, what what is your next move now um what are you going to do with sonic does this rovio uh partnership have anything to do with sonic um are you going to bring start bringing in more developers so now that you can double triple down on the success that you've seen from frontiers and really take your frontiers two to the next level maybe take it back to what your sonic adventure series was for you um as far as success goes um because sonic frontiers has been one of their most uh more successful IP games as of late. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how those things play out. Um, do you have any additional things that you'd like to throw in part of that Rovio? No, account? no, no. I mean, we'll get, we'll, we'll be back in acquisition season as soon as this ABK still, uh, ABK deal gets wrapped up. Yeah. And obviously again, now that Sega has an even bigger mobile presence with Rovio, uh, it is another, um, three front publisher. Uh, which Xbox has been looking at. Uh, it's in the East. They now have, obviously, console stuff. They have PC, obviously. And now they've expanded even more into mobile with Rovio. 
that makes them much even a little bit juicier for Xbox and Microsoft looking over there, especially with their relationship with Sega already, the partnerships that they have invested with them, Atlas now coming. Again, it just makes so much sense. We'll get into that speculation down the road once ABK wraps up. Um, you know, and the, the political situation with, you know, you know, Congress people putting pressure on Japan uh, right. to open up that market over there to American companies. It's it a prime time. I'm not all about that. I hate the big government get involved. But as a business, you take advantage of those situations. And it's going to be a prime time that if if Microsoft is going to make that move into the east, it's going to be sooner rather than later while the political pressure is on it opens up doors for them to move over there and sega i think has to be a prime candidate uh you know we'll see we'll see but we'll get into that later uh when that starts starts moving again yeah when it when that ball starts rolling Yep, yep yep um also this week uh joseph staten Ended up going to Netflix. Hey, left Halo, left Microsoft, and is moving on over to Netflix. Um, on Twitter, Joseph Staten came out and said, "In my work life, there's nothing I love more than collaborating with others to build worlds filled with iconic characters, deep mysteries, and endless adventures." So today, I'm thrilled to announce that I've joined Netflix Games as creative director for a brand new AAA multi-platform game and original IP. Let's go. Now, this is going to be, um, this is definitely going to be um, pretty pretty interesting to see. Um, it's dope that his creative talent is going to somewhere where it's not necessarily established yet, which at least tells me that he was looking for a lot more control, where his word um, went a lot deeper, reached to the top a lot quicker, and um, was able to move a needle and make more of a name for himself. Uh, Joseph Staten, traditionally to me, has been that has been kind of that person i i see him as a true creative where he's just not wanting to oh well yeah i worked on halo halo was i'm halo was successful in part to what i've contributed and uh that's enough for me I'm, i'll come back i'll work on halo and that's it especially with all the mix-ups and shake-ups that are happening currently within 343 at microsoft maybe there was just too much going on and too many hands kind of crossing over each other too many people to talk to to get a ball moving in a general direction where he was just like yeah i'd rather do something completely different and make more of my uh, a name for myself in a different way this is a perfect opportunity for him to do that. Um, I think it's nothing but a positive thing. Sure, we can say, oh, well, Microsoft should have offered him a bigger check. And sometimes it's not always about the check. I mean, maybe Microsoft. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing, too. Um, maybe Microsoft couldn't offer him enough. There wasn't enough money for, to keep him in that situation. And for an opportunity, especially as a, for a creative, I've mentioned this before, um, for leaders, I should say, at least in the creative department, um, they want to be able to really expand their reach out and make more of a name for themselves and doing it for Netflix. If he is able to create another successful IP through Netflix, yeah. someone that is not necessarily established in, well, I'm not going to say necessarily isn't established in the gaming sphere yet. I think that that would speak leagues and bounds to his name, which I believe personally is more of what he's looking. 
Um, what do you think about this? Um, is this doom and gloom? Could have Xbox gave him more money? Um, is this more ammo to stating that man, Microsoft is falling apart. Nobody wants to work for them anymore. Even though we got to consider like the tenure, his career in total, um, and what his future endeavors may. What do you think, Paul? No, you made a great point, Steele. Um, and I can't disagree with you. Again, I, you, uh, I've said I said when we first uh, kind of heard that Joseph was leaving, nothing but the best and and success to him. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He established himself again at this point in his career. How many more years do you have left? We're going to be hearing a lot of this yeah. coming up, especially heading into next gen. Uh, Josh Sawyer, Brian Fargo, uh, these guys have been in the industry for decades. And eventually, Todd Howard, eventually, they're going to move on, right? Some of them will go try something, one last thing, try start something new. But a lot of them are going to be retiring. We're going to hear a lot from Xbox, uh, Tim Schaefer. I mean, how much? I mean, again, we're going to be hearing this. But Joseph Staten himself, his move to Netflix, everything I agree with what you said, Steele, uh, giving creative freedom to him. We got to remember, too, Joseph Staten is not just a video game developer. Uh, he is a writer. What does Netflix offer a writer, Steel? Oh, transmedia potential, right? This IP that he's making over there could easily turn into a series, could easily turn into a movie, could easily turn into an anime. He's a writer at heart. He wrote a ton of Halo lore. This guy has an opportunity at Netflix to expand out Try one something last new, new thing. Try, yeah, exactly. Something completely new where he's got the name recognition. Netflix brings him in. This will be their first foray that we know of into AAA, unless they've got something else we don't aware of. Right. Like they started, like everybody was like, oh, this is cute. Netflix is going to make a bunch of little mobile, you know, little indie games. That's going to be cute. No, 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 no. This is now jo Joseph Staten gets to be the first Netflix AAA kind of guy. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. Um, I got to say, Steele, what's going to be interesting to keep uh, keep an eye on here is we had some investors, you know, big-time investment people come out uh, last year and say that the next big move for Microsoft is going to be by Netflix, right? We, we heard that smoke. Yeah, there was some smoke there, yeah. There was some smoke there. Again, money guys, whatever. Um, the interesting thing is we got a little another blip this week, Steel, with Oxenfree 2, uh, mm. which is a little indie title that came out um oxenfree was a pretty popular indie title it was on xbox it was on game pass uh oxenfree is a cool little game uh narrative adventure game with some really amazing ideas they showed off oxenfree 2 last year and everybody was like oh cool oxenfree 2 is coming blah 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 netflix acquired that studio steel and all of a sudden they announced oxenfree 2 it's coming everywhere including mac wow including Mac, but no Xbox. So are we seeing the first signs that mm. Netflix considers Xbox a rival? That they are a, mm. because of Game Pass, because of what Netflix stands and could what they're be. going for gaming, yeah. could Netflix see them as a main rival now? So could Joseph Staten's AAA game, even though he said it's multi-plat, be multi-plat except for Xbox? That's going to be that could be yeah. That's an interesting question to see where this goes down the road. Again, I'm weird, but just throwing it out there because the Oxenfree Two was very strange, small game, doesn't cost a lot of money. They're porting it everywhere. Steel again, I'm not lying when I said they came out and confirmed Mac on Steam is going to yeah, have that's kinda, a version of Oxenfree Two. Yeah. So you're going to do all of that, but you're not going to do Xbox. 
maybe we're seeing the first signs that Netflix, uh, you know, again, is going to. That's really weird. That's really weird, though, man, because it's like. It's kind of like shooting your friend in the foot for for no reason, right? The one of the biggest yeah. reasons, and again, I mean, there's things that could yeah. have happened since then, and oh, maybe business, friendships man. have, um, you know, not carried over very well. But I mean, biggest reason why Netflix is where it's at right now is because of Xbox. Because Xbox put it streaming on Xbox 360. Yes. So it's like, I mean, and maybe it was just a deal with that specific developer for oxen free too or which whatever yeah, the case may be but, going on but it's so weird why you would literally put it on everything outside of um xbox though now you could do whatever you want but it's yeah, just like yeah of course i i can definitely see where you're kind of taking that where it's just yeah. like hmm. Hmm. um nick says it's not weird to be honest uh could netflix or can netflix see it as a waste of resources to sell very minimal on xbox See, Nick's. I They're can't, putting it on Mac. I can't. Yeah, that's Nick's. that's even more minimal. Like, <laughs> and this is a small indie game. This isn't like some big triple A like nah. game. This is an indie game. Like, if you're putting it everywhere, you can literally put it wherever you want it. Right at that point, you're purposely limiting it on a platform for some reason that is not yeah. known to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Um, there's no again, excuse we'll at that point. We'll see how it plays out. If it's just weird. Yeah, the, the port to Mac probably costs more than it would to be yeah, the port to Xbox. Yeah, yeah Because we're talking about the same architecture, basically. Between, I just think, I just found it weird. A lot of people brought it up as another, oh, loss for Xbox, blah, blah, blah. And I agree, again, it's just another missed game on Xbox. But it, again, I'm not saying it's the biggest thing in the world because it's Oxenfree, which had a, a good following for an indie title, but it's not like the biggest loss in the world. But it is strange when they come out and purposely on Twitter confirm right somebody asks them, it's coming, yeah, it's coming to Mac, but not Xbox. It's just a little strange, okay? It's just that it seems like there's a little something more behind it. Like I said, if Netflix is planning on moving into the gaming space in a big way, and we talked about this when Netflix started this, another player has entered, right, the industry, and Netflix, for, you know, all the obvious reasons, does have a lot of influence, and they can certainly enter the space and disrupt it, and they've already got a streaming, they've already got a subscription service built in, maybe, maybe, just maybe, they're looking over at Xbox as a rival already. And saying, hey, we're not going to play certain games over there with you. That's all I'm saying. We'll see more as more games drop. Who knows what's going to happen here? Just found it interesting that Oxenfree 2 would not come. But uh, Joseph Staten, uh, again, nothing but the best to him. I uh, hope he has much success over there. I can't wait to see what he's going to do. Obviously, again, even as a casual Halo fan, I understand the dude's talent. Uh, we saw how he pulled together Infinite. Um, at the end, uh, pieced it together uh, and made it into something that came out to great reviews. Most people liked the campaign. Um, so Joseph Staten is definitely a creative that I will keep my eye on. And I can't wait to see what kind of new IP he comes up with, what kind of new fresh idea he has. Um, I always love to see that when somebody's worked on a certain IP for so long and is synonymous with that. What, what other ideas have they put on the back burner in their brain for decades, right? And what else can they come out with? Uh, that's why I love to see Pentiment come from Josh Sawyer, right? Josh Sawyer, you know, again, it's great to see something like that. That's something, a passion project of his. Now, obviously, this is going to be more than that for, for uh, Joseph. Uh, it's uh, obviously already been labeled as a AAA, so I'm expecting big things. But I can't wait to see more from it. 
and just keep an eye on Netflix is all I'm saying. It's just interesting. So um, Oxenfree 2, uh, we will see how that turns out. Again, I played a little bit of Oxenfree and loved what I saw, loved what I played. It was an interesting title, a lot of interesting ideas in there, and a lot of people love that game. So Oxenfree 2 is going to take it to the next level. Again, when we saw it last year, I was kind of excited for it, uh, but not coming to Xbox. So I'll have to wait and see what everybody else thinks about it. But uh, looking good uh, there as well. Hey, folks, while Steele's gone, since he has no interest in this, uh, let's jump into this real quick too because we're going to be wrapping up the the show uh, real quick here. But I do want to get into this a little bit because I'm excited. And as I stated in my intro, hail Lilith, we're getting another beta. Smash the server. Hashtag smash the servers, right? Slam the servers. Excuse me. Slam the server uh, is the hashtag that uh, Blizzard is going with as they bring back Diablo 4 uh, beta May the 12th through the 14th. That weekend, you will start fresh. Characters don't carry over. They're only going to cap it at level 20. If you beat the world boss, and they said you are going to be need to be level 20, um, if you beat the world boss, you get a trophy for your mount. Now, it looked like it was going to actually be an amount, but Rod Ferguson yesterday did clarify that it is a trophy. So you get the horn, kind of like the Witcher. You guys remember in the Witcher 3, obviously? Um, you know, when you kill the griffin and stuff, you get... You get Griffin head that you get to put on your horse. So in the mounts in Diablo, you're going to be able to have trophies attached to those mounts. And this is going to be one of those trophies you can earn. It's, it's one of the horns from Asheroth, I think is the name. If I, I can't remember Asheroth, somebody correct me in the chat, but I believe that's what it is. Um, but you're going to be able to get that trophy. Plus anybody who did not hop into the closed beta or the open beta um, previous uh, you will have an opportunity if you hit level 20 to earn the wolf uh, baby pack, um, you know, and uh, some of the other, I think you get a title uh, as well. So you're going to be able to earn those as well. But what I did want to talk about a little bit was the news that we got. If you have not watched the developer uh, deep dive uh, that Blizzard did, it was about 90 minutes, an hour and a half. They talked about everything they learned from the beta. They talked about a bunch of the changes that they are going to make, but the cool part was was they deep dived uh, the end game stuff, and they're going to do a um, they're going to do another uh, direct as well and deep dive some other things. But this time they really focused on the end game and what's going to happen after you hit level fifty. And if you didn't watch this and you have interest in Diablo four and you kind of want to know where it's going and what you're going to be looking forward to. Um, after max, uh, well, cap is a hundred, but once you get up into Paragon, go watch this back because they really showed off a lot. They showed off Helltide, which is a special uh, type event that happens uh, throughout the world. It'll last for about an hour. Uh, blood will rain down from the sky. Um, different monsters are going to appear, and you're going to be collecting a different type of currency during Helltide. Um, you're going to be looking for special caches. Uh, those caches are going to have specific items in them. So if you're hunting down a specific item, you're going to want to go hunt down the caches so you know where you got to be to open those up. Um, if you uh, die during Helltide, you lose uh, half your current. There's a lot of different mechanics they're throwing in here. The Paragon skill tree that they have, fascinating steal what they're doing with this. Again, this is exactly what I wanted to see. 
The Lizard is not resting on what they know. They already have a successful formula in Diablo. They already know what they're doing. Yes, they had problems with Diablo 3, but let's be real. Diablo 3 is a totally different game than it was when it launched on 360 and PS3. It is a much better game, but they are taking everything they've learned and then looking over at games, as I brought up before, like Path of Exile and saying, okay, well, what can we do to evolve Diablo? And what they talked about during this dev, um, direct kind of a style uh, show that they put together was fascinating to me. The Paragon skill tree levels, they clarified, listen, you can have two sorcerers with the exact same builds, but when they get to Paragon, they can go in two separate directions and wind up being two completely different type players. That is freaking amazing, Steel. Um, along with, they have now added new equipment sets, astral equipment sets, um, and um, what's the other one? Uh, it's just an I, I can't think of the name of it. Anyways, they've added two separate new sets of equipment that you're going to be hunting down that are going to have legendary powers attached to them that are going to be rare, and you are going to be grinding to get that ultimate build for these uh, different uh, weapons or weapon and equipment sets um, that can change how your character plays immensely. Uh, the dungeons, over 120 dungeons, which we were aware of, uh, but when you go in and you can actually, you know, once you get past 50, you're going to be able to obviously attach different, um, uh, different, uh, um, ability or not abilities. <laughs> you're gonna be able to attach. Uh, you're gonna be able to increase the power of these dungeons and go in and hunt down different loot. You're gonna have to be fighting different mobs. The mobs are not gonna just cap out at level 100. The enemies won't just cap out at level 100, but they're actually gonna go up to a level 150. The enemies will. So we're talking about in a challenge continuing to increase throughout your playthrough of Diablo. This is blowing my mind, Steel, because this is just what they have planned out right now. This is not including DLC. This is not including all the other stuff that they're going to add as we go through the seasons with Diablo. I I mean, I know, Steel, you're not going to play the beta again. Oh, but just talking about the end game stuff, Steel, it really feels like Diablo is going to be something that is permanently downloaded in our hard drives that we go back to continuously over and over. Yeah, I definitely hope so. This time around, uh, unlike Diablo 3, where after I beat the game, it kind of just dropped off for me um, because there just wasn't much there. This time around, um, this seems like to be a fully complete and full breadth uh, of a game experience, right? Um, at least on 100 hours worth of, of game time to be able to put in. Um, and that's just the campaign by itself. And then when you talk about end game, yeah. uh, the possible PVP has like uh, those dark zone type mechanics in it. Um, and also it's just really going to come down to how well everything is balanced. Right. Balanced. So any, everybody, I want y'all to go out there, you know, and jump into uh, this server, you know, this server crash, make it crash, you know, so that they understand what the they, server. what they need for when the game comes to full release, because, um, Diablo is in a perfect opportunity, just like Battlefield was, to really put its name back out there and um, become worldwide known and embraced once again, right? Diablo 3 took its time to become that. Um, it took years, and really it didn't become that until um, uh, Reaper of Souls came out, where people were like, all right, well, now, yeah, this is what, this is what I'm used to. Um, this is what I was expecting. Um, 
where Diablo 4 seems like to be, hey, this is a culmination of everything that we've learned. You got Rob Ferguson now. That's the other main difference with this. Um, somebody that, again, to me, holds a lot of weight, holds a lot of value because of uh, what he's done with Gears, especially one through three. Um, I do lead a lot of his, because I think he left after four, actually. Um, one through three, uh, I, I believe in part, it was him that really made it become as successful as they Cliff, were. Cliffy B talked about that steal. Yeah, he no, that, he did. That, that that Rod was the leadership that he lost, and yeah. that he made a mistake not going back to with Rod and, right. and bringing him in on on uh, Lawbreakers. He said Rod was the one that kept everybody focused in line. Like Rod was the glue to those teams and so it's showing up here and then when you say so when you hear things like that um because yes he did say that he said it on the iron lords too on their interview um so check it check that out if you can but um when you hear people like that and i know people like, oh rod ferguson whatever you know what can he really do i mean obviously he has some form of impact and depending on how diablo 4 hits when it releases and again i think right now is already showing you early traits of what is possibly going to happen um i think we're really in for a treat man um again i'm gonna be there day one um that's the only reason i'm skipping out on this because i've played enough uh i, I didn't want to jump into the initial beta because again it set me down this path where it was, it was like okay well maybe i'll go jump in the path of exile for a bit while i'm waiting or maybe i'll go play diablo 2 while i'm waiting or maybe i'll go play last epoch while i'm waiting and none of those are diablo 4 uh from what i've experienced thus far or the time sink that I want to put in as far as what I've gotten from the game at this point. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Again, guys, go out there and slam those servers um, for Blizzard so that hopefully day one early access when me and Pong are in there June 1st, uh, we're able to actually play. Um, and I, we might actually do some streams for that and whatnot. So um, guys, just be, be ready to lock in and be ready for that. Um, we'll have a guild more than likely up and running for, for people. So um, if you guys want to jump in and you need some people to play with, come jump in. I will say this up front though, guys, if you aren't willing to put in the work, if you're not going to do some research, maybe look up a couple videos and such, Hey, um, don't come join our getting on. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely going to be um, looking forward to that. I'm excited. And next, we are not going to be streaming the showcase. Um, we're going to be sending everybody over to the midweek mix up collective um, wandering or wandering Dutch's channel. So you guys can, um, we want all the viewers to be part of that. Um, not kind of split up or whichever the case. So um, there is that we are going to go ahead and wind down the show now. Um, so unfortunately, we're not going to have our this day in gaming segment, but we'll bring it back next. You guys don't yeah. have to feel old today. It's fine. Um, we, we want you guys to experience an indie showcase because there's a lot of games, especially I, I can only speak for me and Pong. Me and Pong are probably um, the two that really throw out those curveballs in there. We'll give mm -hmm. we will give Dutch like a list of 20 games uh, that we're interested in. So we'll see how things go. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all for tuning in to episode 99 of Living right. Split Screen. Um, but I do want you all to go over to the Community Indie Showcase on Wandering, Wandering Duchess Shuttle yeah. channel. Um, he put so much work into this. Yeah, he Go did. check it out, everybody. Um, I'm going to work on getting the link to put up in chat here shortly when Pong starts his outro. But... Nonetheless, again, thank you for joining us on episode 99. Yeah, I'm going to do that for you, Vandal. Um, for Living Split Screen. Again, I'm going to be working on putting out more shorts. I, 
Yeah, we got so involved in the conversation this week too, where I don't know if I got enough. Um, but I think I, I clipped up quite a few things. So let's see how that goes. And uh, with that, you guys have a fantastic rest of your Saturday. Um, you can find me, Steel Rain I, Steel Rain I. The T is a seven everywhere. Google's the easiest to type it into. Uh, but I do frequent the ecosystem of Xbox because it kind of carries over to, um, I can pull up Game Bar real quick on my PC. I have access to everybody right there. Um, or Discord, whichever the case, it's the same everywhere. Um, and I, Twitter is probably the other easiest place. But with that said, boom, get these beautiful people out. Um, let the, leave them the victory and let them know where they can find you, man. Yeah, man, you guys know. I'm going to cut this short. So, Pong Soul everywhere. You guys already know that drill. Tonight, the shop podcast, we got Porsche Power, Ainsley from Season Gaming, joining PTK Blam, Fuzzy, and myself. We're going to have a great time, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. So, be there tonight over the shop. PTK's uh, show has been blowing up recently. We've got a lot of people. But otherwise, just want to let everybody know it's the golden age of gaming. Play what you love. Love what you play. Head over to CIS right now, Wandering Dutch's channel. And we will see you all there. It's going to be a great show. Lots of indies. Have a great weekend, everybody. Love you all. Thank you for joining us today on the shortened version of Living Split Screen. But we will be back in full force for episode 100 next weekend. Right here. Same place. Same bat channel. Talk to you all soon. Much love, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all stay safe. I dropped the link three times in the chat so y'all can't miss it. We'll see you over in CIS. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a fantastic rest of your day. Stay safe. Peace. Later, all. Thank you.